0: this is the non-resident hunting panel for OTC non-resident DIY hunters let's do it there exists a threat from anti hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away and we won't stand for it those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul in this show we share our love of hunting Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 70. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, and I'm coming at you from the Broken Tines studio right here in Hayden, Idaho. Welcome to the show, guys. This is going to be a really good discussion on... uh, Basically, I kind of wanted to get a bunch of expert non-resident hunters. Those uh, that travel out of state and uh, go hunting. And they do it basically all over the counter type kind of tags or, you know, sometimes they're draw tags, Whatever. Uh, Point being is they're doing it themselves. They're not hiring a guide. They are traveling sometimes thousands of miles on the road or by plane to go hunt. And that is something that I think a lot of people get this mindset hurdle built up in their their own minds about how difficult or how expensive or how the logistics work of going to another state to hunt. And so this isn't like a let's promote non-resident hunting. It's a those of you that are really interested in doing some non-resident hunting out of state here's here's the breakdown on, as to how we all do it and and how these guys specifically do it because they they pretty much do it every year and they're successful and they're really good at what they do and they really plan and prep and uh have a way of you know kind of getting the message across that you don't need to build this up to some complicated overly expensive thing in your mind if uh, if you are interested in doing it Put it together and do it. You can. Uh, there's still even options for this year to, to consider it. So hopefully this episode helps. You guys are gonna really like this one. Uh, I've got my buddy Logan Erdman, who is from uh, Ohio, and he's a custom knife maker. And he travels out west uh, every year. And he, whether he's going after mule deer or elk or whatever, he's uh, he's go he goes to Colorado a lot and he comes up to Idaho a lot. Uh, all the way from Colorado, and he drives. Uh, next on the list is Guy Duplanchier. if I said that right. I probably didn't. I pro- You know, it doesn't matter how many times he tells me how to pronounce his last name. I never get it right. Uh, but Guy is the host of Western Contours Podcast, and he's out of California, and he travels um, frequently every year to hunt elk. And uh, just, a, just a great host. Check out his podcast, by the way. That's Western Contours Podcast. I'm a huge fan. I'm also a huge fan of On Point podcast, and that brings the third guest into this, and uh, that is going to be with with Garrett Weaver, and he does the On Point podcast. A lot of really good perspective. If you guys heard an episode, I had Garrett on um, a couple weeks ago to talk about. You know, well, well, the idea was we were spent we were supposed to spend a bunch of time talking about, like, woodsmanship, and instead we spent most of the time just talking about hunting and in, in, in general. So it's a good conversation either way, so check that one out. Uh, all these guys have been on the show before, and they're great guys with a lot of great perspective, and, and it's super interesting to listen to how they kind of break down how they plan and prep and and get all this together to do these out-of-state, non-resident hunts. So I, I hope you guys enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Phelps Game Calls. Phelps is the uh, call of choice. For, for the Western huntsman guys what I really like about Phelps game calls is the people that's my favorite thing about Phelps game calls uh, Jason Phelps and Dirk Durham these are just salt of the earth kind of people Jason took this company from nothing in his garage and has built it into one of the biggest brands in the hunting industry uh, in a short time it's just a you know quintessential American story and they put out great products uh american made stuff and it all is it's effective it works and you can save 10 percent by using promo code huntsman10 at checkout and i'd encourage you to check it out i do want to throw out one more promo code for you guys by the way it's always in the show notes but um i want to bring up because of the time of year and the nature of you know the bear season for those of you that, that are baiting if uh you want some of the best attractants on the market for your bear baits. This isn't the actual bait you're putting in. So you you know, you could you could choose to put whatever you want in your in your barrel. Let's say you're using dog food or popcorn or um, wonder bread or whatever. The this is stuff that you add to your bait as an attractant. And it's very, very potent. You will uh <laughs> If you do order some, get a syllable container because I mean it'll it'll light up your whole house. You, you're you you will smell it, so keep it out in the shop or, or the garage or something like that. But anyway, Batum 907 is who I use for that, and they have quite the track record of success in attracting bears. They also have other types of uh, you know attractants and lures and stuff. But um, I'd encourage you to check it out if you're bear baiting. It'll it'll really go a long way in helping you get those bears in and get more than just, like, one option, right? You're going to get a bunch of bears coming in. And so, BaitEm907, if you go to BaitEm907.com and use promo code HUNTSMAN10, you will get 10% off on their website. And this is just something because I had the owner on the show, Jess Gann, and uh, she is a great lady, a great business owner, and and an even better bear hunter. And so she came on the show and just as a favor gave us a promo code for just our listeners uh, for 10% off. And, I, you know, I don't get anything out of it. This is just uh, to help you guys. And I, th- I thought because it's this time of year, uh, I'd be good for you guys to know that information. On, a, uh, on another note, um, I want you guys to know that as far as being like a seasoned, highly professional podcast host, I am not one of those. And you're going to hear that in this episode because what I did is I set everything up and I w- I'm kind of giving everybody, you know, we're talking about microphones and recording and this and that and the software that I'm using for for getting everybody kind of on at the same time. Um, I forgot to turn my microphone on. So it is sounding like I'm talking into a tin can because it's just coming through my laptop. And for that, I really am sorry. Uh, I don't know how I did that other than it's just who I am. I forget, you know, important shit like turning your microphone on. So, sorry about that. Bear with that uh, little audio technicality there. Uh, still comes in clear and everything. It's just not, you know, the the nice professional sounding, you know, microphone sound that you usually get when you actually know what you're doing, which I don't. So, sorry about that with this episode. <laughs> Lastly, I do just want to throw in a quick reminder that uh, our gear shop is live with Tacticam. And uh, the Tacticam gear is basically, it's all available on, on my website, thewesternhuntsman.com. Uh, the, the point to doing that versus going to some other website to buy Tacticam products um, is going to be, we are taking about 10% of those gross profits and donating that in this quarter to Sportsman's Alliance. And uh, I think that that is a wonderful cause. So the, the goal is to generate some revenue for the platform that We split to send to conservation uh, and some of the, those conference conservation dollars are going to be going towards different organizations that I'm passionate about. And if you guys have an organization that you're passionate about that I've never mentioned or, you know, what not you feel is important, let me know because I'll, I'll look it up and I'll consider it It has to be an organization that actually spends their uh, it puts their money where their mouth is, so to speak. And gets those dollars to use for us hunters. So that's that's why for, for in this quarter, we're taking all those proceeds. And that's that's going towards uh, Sportsman's Alliance. Um, also, if you buy the uh, Don't Buck with Public Land t-shirt on the website, that's going to be under the merchandise tab. Uh, that as well has a 10% donation towards, um, uh, the, the, again, this quarter, Sportsman's Alliance or, or whatever organization we're working on. Point being, this is not some temporary thing. When you go to thewesternhuntsman.com and use our gear shop, that is going to get you gear, and you're going to be helping conservation. I think that that is a wonderful combination. So, uh, guys, if you're uh, if you're in the mood and in the market, check it out at thewesternhuntsman.com. I, I appreciate that. Guys, with that, let's get after it. We got Logan, we got Guy, and we got Garrett. And this is a great conversation. You guys will get a lot out of it. Let me know what you think of Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. And here we go. Let's roll. we're good i think we're good can you guys see the the little record button started there
1: yeah
0: and yep. got it. everybody can hear me all right
2: yeah yes sir i'm clear
0: what's everybody drinking by the way <laughs> i saw Modelo. Logan. Modelo.
2: yeah is that garrett no that's uh that's logan uh my buddy left him in the fridge so fair game Yeah,
0: exactly. I have a lot of people have a 24 hour rule. I have like a 24 minute rule If they leave them in there for 24 minutes.
2: Oh, as soon as that contact's made, like as soon as the hands off the the whatever it is, (laughs) you know, you just transmitted ownership. As soon as you put it in my
1: bridge, it's now, it's now.
2: Yeah, it's officially yours. (laughs) It's ours. You know, I'm not stingy. I'll share. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'll, uh, I, yeah. I've had these White Claws. I think I was telling you guys last time we were on. I've had these damn White Claws in my fridge for months because I don't drink those things. I bought them for my buddy, and he had not been over since. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. I
3: tell you it, what,
4: if you ever if you ever give me guff about being a California again, I'm gonna just bring up that damn White Claw. Go, That's what I was thinking. I could just send him to California. and You're gonna what? lose all your Idaho and stature, buddy. <laughs> Oh, White Murray Claw. White Claw.
0: And it's like peach fuzzy navel or some shit. I don't know. You, you, got oh, your, <laughs> man. you got your Ugg
4: boots on right now, too, huh?
0: No, man, but I am wearing, I, in, in recognition of my California friend here, uh, I'm wearing flip flops tonight. But they're not Birkenstocks, <laughs>
4: but I am wearing flip flops because it's like 73 degrees. That's all right. You can wear flip flops and drink White Claw. You'll fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Logan, what are you drinking down there?
2: Oh, I'm, that's me with the Modelo, sir. Okay. Oh, that geez, man. I, I even clarified and I still forgot too many white claws.
3: <laughs> <laughs> too many white claws. <laughs> oh
0: man. You guys are just nothing but trouble tonight. I can already tell. All right, guys on the line tonight. Uh, this is going to be the non-resident hunt panel. And the idea with this conversation is we're going to get uh, these guys that are super seasoned and experienced about, or, or in terms of hunting out West and, and going to different States and being non-residents and all these different areas And for any of you haters out there that think Mm -hmm. that this is a problematic discussion, just sit down and just be quiet because this conversation is important. We're all non-residents in 49 other states, and uh, we all like to do it. And I think that one of the the challenges with it is kind of the mental hurdle that comes out of the thought of traveling to other states and and being a non-resident hunter, whether we're talking scouting or planning or or the costs. And and that's all the stuff that we're going to try to alleviate in terms of what many of you worry about when we're talking about non residents and, uh, and as long as you're not coming to Idaho as a non-resident, uh, we're good to go. Right. <laughs> so on the line, I've got uh, from Ohio, Logan Erdman. He is uh, a huge like fan of, of coming out West. He's he comes out West for mule deer and elk. And what else do you come out West for
2: Logan? Um, That's it so far. No um, wolves yet. No. Well, I always get a, I always get a wolf tag when I'm in Idaho. Um, I've been to Texas that. twice this year for for hogs, so I go south also. Um, mm-hmm. I just like to to bow hunt, really. But uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be back on, Jim.
0: Hey, I appreciate you coming on. And, and that's a good point, just to, just so everybody knows. Everybody that's on the panel tonight has been on the Western Huntsman in the past. Uh, and I'm just going to go kind of in, um, clockwise here. Over in, what did I call it last time, Garrett? The sunny city of uh, Oregon or something (laughs) like that. Roseburg, Oregon. Um, (laughs) We've got Garrett Weaver of the On Point Podcast joining us. Uh, Say hello, Garrett.
1: How's it going, everybody?
0: And then down below, from the rainy, foggy, uh, bad weather (laughs) state of Liberal infested California. Oh, who said that? Who said that?
4: <laughs> the what? The guy drinking White Claws and flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am
0: not drinking White Claws. I gotta, just so the audience knows, I'm drinking straight whiskey here. Oh, we'll tell them. Ooh, that. Straight. Mm. I, I just got to sip it, or I don't. I don't want to fall out of the chair here while we're. Here. Know, I almost
1: made me a mixed <laughs> drink before this thing. I'm like, no, I don't want to be that guy. No, up, Garrett,
0: um, you should have been that guy, man. Last time last time I was a little tipsy when we when we got done recording. So
3: Heck yeah, yeah, wow. I think me
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> so so Guy, uh say your last name, Guy. Duplanche. Du, Duplanche. Duplanchet. Um, guy is the host of the Western Contours podcast. And uh, we have had a couple of different times we've gotten together and recorded and, and uh, you know talk conning and stocks and all sorts of stuff in the past so we always a good time with you guy I appreciate you guys all coming on
4: yeah thank you brother I'm glad to sit down again
0: so the the nice thing with you guys all being on the show at, at some point in the past is we don't need to go through these long intros and backgrounds and stuff like that so hopefully everybody's familiar with everybody and I want to dive right into this topic and I, I want to start this like with a kind of a round of um bird's eye you know 30,000 foot view of your thoughts on traveling to other states to hunt and like why you kind of not necessarily advocate for it but why you would if somebody asked asked you if it's a great idea or a bad idea or whatever why you would tell them you know it's, it's a great time and here's why uh let's start with Garrett on this can you give us kind of a like a justification why, why do you like to travel out of state to hunt
1: <laughs> that's easy man uh Oregon sucks. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, unless you love, unless you like predator hunting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of getting that way in Idaho,
1: man. Man, I'll tell you, um, I I can tell you that I've hunted. I've now hunted um, the, one of the big three in Oregon. I've hunted uh, another very, very, very coveted tag uh, in Oregon for elk, and I've been on coveted deer tags for elk, in just the little sorry Idaho the little pinprick of Idaho that I hunted was like an eight to 20 year tag for elk. Um, just general season. Oh, gotcha. So uh, you guys got it way better than we do. Um, unless you're looking for rosy, then you're out of luck in Idaho. But, um, yeah, dude, yeah. It's, <laughs> Oregon's, Oregon's got some good opportunities. If you really do know where to look and what tags to put in for. But like I said, I mean, I put, I got an eight year, uh, preference point tag last year and I struggled hard and um when I went over to Idaho just deer hunting there was elk everywhere I was like what the heck like and we saw plenty of deer uh, you, and mispronounced,
0: you mispronounced Wyoming
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually
1: got the Wyoming regs right in front of me too because I've been looking at Wyoming and and um I think next year will be the year I pull the trigger on it but I'm just Sweet. building points in Wyoming right now but um, yeah me too yeah I mean Oregon, Oregon's, If you, I'm serious. If you like to predator hunt, Oregon is a fantastic state. And I would beg you to come over here and help kill some of our predators. So, Are,
0: are you talking like bear, mountain lion, wolves? What,
1: what, um, what do you mean? Bears and mountain lion, um, wolves, um, probably are going to be, uh, you know, who knows when they'll be legal to hunt here. Um, the feds just gave the, basically, I, I just got an email for the wolf update, um, which I subscribed to in Oregon that um, I think. Trump actually did something with the feds to where they had to give control to the wolf management to Oregon. Yeah. Oh, to he, he, he delisted him. One of those kind of uh, right before he left office there. Yeah. yeah one right of his gifts the has uh, to to the left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so, you know, I mean, that's a great step, you know, in us being able to do what we want to do. But Oregon is extreme. You know, Oregon's like, Oregon, Washington, man, they're like a little brother and sister to California. I mean, we, we whatever they do, we follow suit very quickly. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows if we'll ever be able to hunt them. But uh, we do have a lot of bears and we have a, a lot of cougars. Uh, probably actually double the uh, population um, uh, goal of cougars in Oregon. We have, I believe, over 7,000 cougars, uh, for sure over 6,000, but um, back when I was a kid growing up hey, going all the, all, to all the ODF and W meetings, the management goal was like thirty two hundred. So yeah. um which should not have changed. So we have close to double or over double the amount of cougars that we need. Can you guys hound hunt cougars in no, Oregon? Back in ninety four it was uh back in ninety four was a horrible year for hunters across the United States, especially Oregon. We lost the uh, right, it was a hound hunting ban. Um so now we have to pay, you know, government agents. Agents to go out and hound hunt. So, doesn't that make sense?
0: So instead yeah. of generating revenue by selling mountain lion hound hunting tags, uh, the state takes taxpayer dollars to pay professional hunters to go in um, at a at a great cost, and the management mm-hmm. goals are still not being met. Not even
1: close. The, and and right. then also on top of that, now how deep you want to get into this? Now we have quotas per area. So, like for example, if we kill let's say 200 cougars, it's not this isn't the number. 200 cougars in douglas county then that's that's it that's it for douglas county we can't kill any more there even though we have way too many it's just really silly it's just really yeah. silly so um you know it's 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 tough but you know guys are out there actually starting to become so there's a few handful of guys become quite successful at calling in cougars hunting mm-hmm. them in the winter just literally walking them down without hounds just walking them down and um you know kudos to those guys those guys are savages that are yeah. doing that but yeah, yeah that's sure. why I started hunting out of state, man. You know, I just so, started getting tired of uh, of of Oregon's lack of opportunity and quality. Gotcha.
0: Well, and that's a that's a pretty easy justification. So yeah, yeah. You, you you just want more opportunity outside of Oregon, and that's why. And what all states have you hunted?
1: Um, I've hunted Alabama and California, and uh, not a state, Africa. Uh, I've been out. Way out of state, and then um, yeah. I've you know those are the only states I've hunted in Idaho. Excuse me, and Idaho, in Idaho, yep. Um, and I've got Hawaii and Alaska and Wyoming in my crosshairs right now. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely broadening, broadening out. But access deer is on my list. Uh, Alaska, like everybody is on my list, and then yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Nice. All right, Logan, let's go to you. Why? Why do you travel out of state? Why would you recommend somebody
0: else does it?
2: Um. Not to uh, copy Garrett's answer, but uh, <laughs> kind of same reason, uh, Ohio kind of sucks. Um, I, there's Except that giant buck you got this last year. I mean, I wouldn't be... Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, there can be some good whitetail hunting,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: literally I shot that thing in somebody's backyard. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it's on a residential management program with the police department. So it's like, it was a city deer, you know, and that's, I, I don't know. Um, but more than just me not liking Ohio, um, like that allure of adventure, uh, is really like, uh, I don't know. That's what draws me to the West anyway. Um, and more opportunity to fill in the freezer, um, different meats. You know, I can only eat so much deer, uh, wild, wild hog, wild pigs. If you guys haven't had wild pigs, um, Oh, there's yeah. a pile of them to kill and they are the most fun thing to hunt with a bow. I think, you know, cause the opportunities there, um, there's usually like not much of a bag limit. You can just, you know, empty your quiver out or yeah, I, I don't know. And I, I love pork chops. So, um,
3: there's, there's a lot of reasons that
2: I would recommend, like go to Texas, get your bow and just go get you a pile of pork chops because you will have a blast, uh, bring a bunch of friends with you, the camaraderie. Um, it can be a trip of a lifetime. Um, yeah. And- some of my best friends, that's, that's all we talk about. Like, man, you remember that time Ship face drunk in, in Texas, like playing cards. And it's just like, yes, like I'll, I'll take that to the grave with me. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what is a, what is a
0: non-resident tag to hunt hogs in, in Texas cost?
2: Um, you just buy a license and it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's very affordable.
3: Is it? Um, okay. okay. If,
2: uh, there's so much private land down there. So you might have like 350 bucks into a hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, like my buddy has a, a ranch down there because everything's fenced in. And uh, if you want to go down that rabbit hole of high fence versus whatever, like you go hunt my buddy's ranch that's got fences, like everything's fenced. Every, like if you don't want your neighbor's, neighbor's cattle in your backyard, you have to put a fence up basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's Bummer. not to keep stuff in it's to keep other stuff out basically and you know i mean there's holes under these fences where the hogs are just and they're super destructive um yeah. like it looks like he was rototilling his pasture and it's just hogs out there at night like i witnessed them tilling up his fields at night so you go down over the bow inside that fence and you you tell me if you can kill a pig and i'll shake your hand if you come out of there uh <laughs> you know with a, with a pig without killing it at night i mean um they're, they're just so much fun to hunt. You know? Logan, so, I
0: distinctly remember asking you if if you decided to go to Texas to hunt hogs this last winter to hit me up because I, I wanted to go with you, and you you totally blew me off. My heart's been broken.
2: Well, that's we there. can always go again, man. Um, that's uh, we we had full house each time. He he likes to keep it low key, but um, yeah, whenever yeah. you're ready to go, man, let me know and I'll set it up. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I uh, that'd be a I ball. love it down there. Yeah, that'd um, be a ball. What all states have you hunted, Logan? Oh, um, well, I've hunted Maine for black bear. Um, killed a bear in Quebec. Um, obviously, hunted Ohio, um, Tennessee, Texas, Colorado, and Idaho. Did you? Didn't you hunt the uh, that eastern range in Montana? Or is that something no, you, were just, you were working on? I was. I'm just uh, just looking, looking just around. Points and no. stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes, sir. Um, but, um, same thing, my, uh, Montana's in my crosshairs and Wyoming as well. Um, you boys better get basically on anything, mm-hmm. anything I can shoot with the bow I'm looking at, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Well, and, and like I said, you came, you came to Idaho, uh, basically up in my neck of the woods last year and, and got that big bowl, um, simultaneously while I was being unsuccessful on a uh, little southeast So it was, it was pretty cool. Watching that I'll come be, together
2: for I'll be you. back this year because uh, I managed to get a tag. Did you? So, yeah. I yeah, was wondering. Man, yeah, yeah. I was wondering. They sold out quick, and and uh, I just got a, from
0: a, on a personal note. Logan is a custom knife maker, and and he's the only one that I like because most of the custom <laughs> knife makers like send me message after message after message about wanting to buy their knives. And they're usually from like Nigeria
4: or some that's, shit. No, that's the Pakistani Damascus, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah, like yeah,
1: should have more knives to your
4: collection. <laughs> <laughs> and like
0: Logan, everywhere. Logan makes these these badass knives, and my wife like rants and raves about the knife that you sent me to all her friends and family. She's like, Oh no, come here, check this check this knife out. Jim's got a podcast, so he got a knife. And, <laughs> and she just goes on and on. She'll like demonstrate it like she's doing an infomercial on uh, cutting a tomato or something. It's, it's pretty cool, man. So I appreciate that. I want to throw that out there, but uh, let's move on to guy, guy. Uh, where all have you hunted and why do you advocate for it out of state?
4: Uh, Texas, Colorado, Wyoming, Colorado, again, and uh, Arizona, Um, man, I have to right if I want to chase the, Mighty whoppity, dude. I got to get out of California. Um, You know, we have all three species. Uh, One of them is endemic to California, and that's the tool elk. But it's a once in a lifetime unless you're going to go blow, you know, 15, 16 points on a cow tag, which isn't happening. Um, I've been a max point holder in California for two years now, I probably got uh-huh. another four to five to go. And, you know, if I want to chase elk, man, I got to get the hell out of California. Um, you know, we have great opportunities on, on just about everything else. Uh, you know, Logan's talking about pig. I mean, I, you know, in my opinion, we, we have, uh, we're probably number two in terms of, you know, pig hunting, um, in the States, we have great blacktail hunts and, uh, mule deer, have been on the uptick uh, in the last few years, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah, man, to chase elk, I gotta, I gotta bounce out of state, man.
0: Are you are you doing spring bear down there in California?
4: That is that another f- effing California joke, buddy? <laughs> no, no,
3: I, I was just curious
0: after after maybe no. you, had, you you like probably went and played golf with Senator Weiner in uh, San
4: Francisco. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I know I asked was just. For, the, he asked, the,
4: the, Legitimate question. He asked for his white claws out now. of your fridge there. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. There's no, <laughs> uh, no, I'm we have no spring bear claws. season. What's uh, that? You, I'll send that shit right back to you. I said, we have no spring bear season. We only have fall bear. Oh, um, that's right. We never, I knew that. Yeah. We never, we never make our quota, uh, but yet they won't extend that season or give us a second season on them. You know, just because it's the beautiful state of, uh, Peter Republic. Um, that, that carries more weight than science and data from uh department of fish and game, man. So yeah.
0: Do you, do you being in your shoes guy down there? I mean, you're like this, uh, you know, well-known Western hunter that lives in California and, and uh, got this great podcast and, and it's like, you know, it's, it's a huge focal point of your life hunting. Do you get nervous about the future of California and being a resident there, and and, and kind of meshing that with your your hunting lifestyle? I,
4: honestly, I get nervous looking at any place right now in terms of the future of hunting and what we're up against. Um, Good point. I, yeah. I've never I've never felt like it was something that I was going to have to fight for for, for us, for our generation, you know, and we, and we say that quite often, right? We want to preserve this for future generations. Um, and this is the first time in, in my hunting career in my life that I felt like we're, we got to fight for it right now, man. Um, yeah. I think it's at risk across the board. If you look at everything that we were, that we've seen since, you know, January one this year, uh, the onslaught has been, uh, has been phenomenal, man. It's like Blitzkrieg from them. God, man, it's
0: been crazy it's been yeah. just like at, and not just california i mean it's just been everywhere you know yeah. trapping bands in new mexico um you know the reducing resident or non-resident tags in montana for for the outfitters and i mean i can just go on and on and on um it, it's it's been a wild winter man i feel like maybe the politicians uh
4: had too much covid19 and got bored or something and came up with all this bullshit, but well, I, I think that the folks that are proponents to ban what, you know, our lifestyle and, 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 you know, take away hunting. They knew what they were getting when this, you know, when this gentleman loosely um, was, you know, so-called elected to office, they knew, you know, this was the time to attack it full board and go after it and see what'll stick. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing. Trying to yeah. work down, man. Death yeah. by a thousand cuts. Yeah, for sure.
0: Sure. I feel for you, man. and uh, I, I agree with with the sentiment of that uh, we all as hunters, you know, whether you're on this hunting panel or you're somebody listening to this show, uh, it doesn't matter. We all do need to be awake and and, and I don't mean woke. I mean you need, you need to be awake <laughs> to the uh, the current situation and uh, and just just understand that that hunting the way as we know it, hunting as we know it, is under attack. it's it, there are, there are threats from multiple different fronts. Against organizations that are well funded and well organized and well united, and um, you know we can go down that hole all, and we usually do on this show every time. So I'll try to keep us off that. Let's let's get back to the non-resident topic, I guess, huh? Because I'll go I'll go off on a
4: rant. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost important if you think about it, Jim. It's almost important to that conversation, right? Because a lot of why we fall victim, if you will, to those onslaughts is because we're so divided as a demographic, you know, Hey, I, you were just talking the same mess, right? Mm-hmm. Stay out of Idaho, go to Wyoming, whatever. Yeah. We, we say that as, you know, as, as fun banter, but there's some truth to that, man. And people um, get, but people get vicious with that. I mean, I say it jokingly
0: and, right. and you know, because, but people get, they take that to like the next level. And what they don't understand is any hunting organizations they pick up on that. They know, so they exploit one of those sides or one of the other sides. It's and that's what we have to pay attention to. It's not like you know we're we're all just holding hands like 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 a bunch of these anti-hunting organizations and say, singing the same kumbaya song around the fire. We all have these these major divisions that are, and I think Garrett and I talked about this on on the last mm-hmm. last time we we were on, and and he made a really good point um garrett where like if you think about it if you were an anti-hunter personally you, you'd have a pretty good strategy to go about this and that is exploit yeah. the divisions amongst hunters
4: what do you guys think they, they're what? doing it look at the trapping look at the trapping bands right mm-hmm. and, and as sportsmen as sportsmen we should be getting behind the trappers uh, again a death by a thousand cuts if they can affect the trapping that's just a a, a, a rung in the ladder so to speak so it's yeah. not they they're doing exactly that
0: yeah. Yeah. So true. And, and you guys, you guys in Oregon, Garrett, you guys deal with a lot of that too. Cause uh, as much as I give Guy a hard time about California, the, the stuff's in all the Western States. This stuff is all in the Western States for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, they've, they came out, they've come after Oregon before. And, and like I said, 94, they, they succeeded. Um, they took the biggest best tool away from us in order to manage our, our predator populations. And mm-hmm. if you see the charts when that, Happened, and then what happened to the deer and elk populations after that? It's it's not a coincidence. Yeah, super interesting, Logan.
0: I a, a question because you're kind of in that that Midwest, you know, over in Ohio. Uh,
2: I don't is that considered Midwest? I don't even know. Um, that, that's what they call it. I don't call it that. I think it's more east. You know, east. when I think Midwest, I think like Iowa. You know. Yeah, Nebraska. me too. Yeah, because when I was in, I, I had to go to Cleveland for this work thing for
0: like three weeks one time, and I rented a car and went fishing in New York. Uh, upstate new york so i i feel like it's more eastern but i don't know how people living there uh kind of you know compartmentalize that but the, the question i have for you is what is it like there in terms of culturally uh pro hunting anti-hunting anti-hunting movements and organizations and legislation is there is there like kind of a take or a
2: feel you get from from being in the midwest or, or whatever want to classify it is um no you know people are pretty tolerant um as long as you're respectful (laughs) you know um people are pretty tolerant um a lot of people think it's cool like uh you get seen with a a buck in the bed of your truck you know a lot Mm -hmm. of people are going to be asking questions like not necessarily they hunt themselves but they're like curious you know they want to see that thing like whoa like you shot that thing they've never seen a buck that big and it'd be like a little mm-hmm. basket rack eight pointer you know and they're like what like <laughs> that thing lives around here like they think it's some kind of mythical beast you know and it's <laughs> um at least from my experience around um yeah. the only I, I guess the the only pushback or like problems you have are with other hunters you know like people oh set his blind up on my property line, like 10 yards Mm. away from me, you know? And it's like, I I don't, I don't understand the division in the the community amongst ourselves, you know? Yeah, Um, for sure. I was just talking to somebody about a a unit in Arizona to deer hunt. And the guy was straight up like, yeah, some of them locals will pop every one of your fucking tires. And I was like, what? You know, like, yeah, that, that actually happened to me,
0: man. And so I live in Idaho, but, um, I, I have a company truck that has Washington plates because Spokane's, you know, 30 minutes, <laughs> or 40 minutes for me. And somebody popped one of my tires wow. and, and they slashed it one time. So now if, if uh, I don't take my company truck hunting very often, just in case my boss is listening.
3: <laughs> um, but um,
0: <laughs> when I do, I, I actually, you know how the, the I've got a shell on the back of the pickup and, you know, the canopy cover thing. And it's got that back window and it gets all dusty when you're cruising down the dirt roads.
2: I write Idaho.
0: I'm a resident. Yeah, I write Idahoan on it. So so nobody pops my tires because that was a real pain in the ass.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what they were telling me. I was like like what do you mean they'll slash your tires? And they were like, "Yeah, those those locals don't, you know, they don't take lightly to non-locals or non-residents up in their deer hunting areas and uh right. they'll leave you stranded." And I was just like, "That is absurd." Like you well, know, same look- team talk about same team man like
0: let's kick this conversation off about non-resident hunting um, on that topic because that is an issue and i've experienced it i'm sure you guys have experienced it um anybody that's on social media sees it i i i don't know how many times i've had to I, i've rolled my eyes over some of the comments about how non-residents are taking over their spot or non-residents are doing this non-residents are the reason why we have global warming. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, I I've heard it all and I I'm sympathetic to it to an extent because there, there can be, and it's like that, you know, that, um, in, in school they talk about the confirmation bias where you're, you're really keyed into there's a truck in my spot that has an out of state tag. And so therefore non-residents are destroying the entire unit that i've been hunting for three decades <laughs> and, and, you know what i mean and, and so yep. i think that it gets it becomes this thing in people's mind that um because the reality is uh, and i and i might get just absolutely verbally assaulted over this but the reality is is non-resident hunters are the least of our problems in idaho for the most part um, we have had issues where, you know, certain units get overcrowded and the fishing game actually re- redid that, And uh, you know, right or wrong. The reality is if you take the state of Idaho, for example, and I'm using Idaho, by the way. I, I, so I've hunted Idaho, Washington, Montana, Utah, Nevada, Arizona and North Carolina. And, and so those are the those are the states. So I, I say that to impress upon the audience that we, all of us on this hunt panel we've been non residents somewhere and and we've we've all done this we, we've gone we've gone out of state and we've traveled so we all we all have a you know a lot to offer on this topic I, I suppose but getting back to this do you guys have any uh, bad experiences personally uh going to a different state as a non-resident that you could you could share on the show and whoever wants to kick that off
4: I don't have any personally. No, I always get the looks, right? You go anywhere with a California plate um, <laughs> and, and folks are kind of like eyeballing you. Um, hey, you get, have... get in trouble, guy. I have an extra Idaho plate I could send you, man. Oh, that would get me in more trouble, right? They run that plate and... <laughs> they're going to throw you in jail. California <laughs> criminal, let's, let's really get him now. It must be stolen. The sheriff will call me, do you know a guy named
0: Guy from Western yeah. country? No, I don't know that guy. I don't. He,
4: he, catch he catch you on one of them white claws and have this me in guy, jail. <laughs> he probably had that trunk
2: full of white claw. You better...
4: You know. <laughs> no,
2: um, I almost got my ass beat by a dude dressed like a girl. Now, are you sure... Are you sure you want to admit that? Um, Oh, Oh, dude, this dude was (laughs) shredded up, okay? (laughs) He was wearing the shortest short skirt I have ever seen.
4: Is it like that, I was trying to tell my buddy.
2: Go ahead, go ahead. We were headed to Colorado to Elkhon, and I'm trying to tell my buddy, like, yo, check, like, I'm pumping gas, and he's across the pump, and Mm -hmm. I'm, like, doing a head nod, like, look, look over there. And my buddy's oblivious, you know? Mm -hmm. And that dude straight up was like, you got a problem, bro? And I was like, nope. Nope, I don't have a problem, you know. And uh, he was intimidating, dressed like a girl mm-hmm. or not, he was intimidating. But uh, that's but, about the closest. But it wasn't like you, you didn't almost get you didn't almost get your, your ass whipped by a Sheila because
0: you were a non-resident. It was because he thought you were giving them. Oh the no! Evil eye. Just
2: because I was trying to <laughs> tell my buddy to to look at what was going <laughs> on over there. Um, yeah, my fault. You know, I'll take all of. The blame for that you're but, gonna uh, get canceled dude Ah, uh, yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah no that's okay he was he was intimidating what do you have Props to him. You know, I wasn't about to fight.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't
4: either. Who to get their ass? You couldn't even take the chance on that, dude. dude would have been stopped, been, Your ego would have never lived <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I think, My I think somebody,
0: somebody would have gotten that on camera of, of Jim Huntsman getting his ass whooped by a dude in a skirt. <laughs> and uh, it would have been on, on Facebook and stuff.
2: So I would have just run. What about you, Garrett? I think that dude lost a bet. Because he was not happy.
1: (laughs) Um, I've never had any issues that I haven't had in Oregon, um, you know, with other hunters being douchebags, but that's about it. Um, I've never had uh, anybody call me out for having the wrong license plate or anything. So, yeah,
3: um, (laughs) that's good. But
1: I, you know, I I know that um, there's plenty of stories out there where, you know, Corey Jacobson was hunting Oregon and somebody said, go back to, They saw his license plate and left a message on his windshield saying, go back to where you came from.
0: Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, this is for residents only.
1: Those guys are out there, man. And those guys are probably, you know, not very successful hunters. And they're looking for any excuse or any edge that they can get. And if that's scaring off, you know, I'm not ever going to blame, unless you literally walk in on a bull and you're like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm going to crash your party. Um, You know, I'm not going to blame somebody for, me not being successful, you know, like yeah just I don't I don't my mind doesn't work like that. So, um I have had plenty of opportunities that have been busted by other guys d- directly or indirectly on purpose. Yes, um both, but um if you're if you're writing that message on somebody else's windshield or you're you're popping valve stems, which is around here's what guys would do um or they'll slash your tires. Um, or they'll just pull your truck off the freaking road with the, with, with a winch so they can get around you. Um, you know, that's happened a few times. Um, but if you're, if you're that guy, then you probably need some soul searching. I'm like, why am I doing this? Is it because I'm a, such a crappy hunter that I need to do this? Like, I, I just don't even understand where that, where that thought process comes from, but I think that has more to say about them than it does about the out of stater. Yeah, that's a great point, man. And I think, I think one thing that comes out of One thing that I've noticed
0: with with the whole thing that I I want people to understand that it doesn't matter if you're hunting in-state or if you're hunting out-of-state as a non-resident, there is going to be a certain uh, percentage of people that are just assholes for the sake of being assholes, whether they were hunters or not, they're just assholes, right? There's no getting around that. But to your point that you were making, um, I think that it's also... You know, hunting is a very emotional thing. It's it's a it's an attachment to like our soul, and we, we want to get out there. We want the success. You know, it's been compounded by social media and the stress of uh, you know having to not not having something to post to get a bunch of likes and and getting caught up in all of that. Um, mm-hmm. There there's something highly emotional about hunting, and and I think that like when when somebody's not successful, instead of taking the time to, to kind of look in the mirror and, and say, okay, why didn't I notch a tag this year? Did I not go far enough? Did I not plan well enough? Did I not scout well enough? Did I did I do this? Did I do that? No, instead, it's a lot easier to sit there and be like, okay, I didn't get an elk because the wolves were everywhere. The wolves are blood spur- you know, they're bloodthirsty, they're they're killing everything in sight, they're spitting ass, dead carcasses everywhere, right? And and I'm not saying that there is not a problem with wolves in the state of Idaho. I'm a huge proponent for for reducing wolf numbers, but I don't use it as an excuse because I know when a wolf is in the area and I move to the next drainage. Same thing with non-residents, because non-residents might be in your area with the exception. Now, again, I have to I always have to throw out a disclaimer that there are particular units in every Western state that have a higher ratio of non-residents that come in and it's it's a little bit, uh, they, they, they do get overrun. And, and I, I will be the first to admit that. But as a resident, you should have the opportunity to choose other units because you should know where those units are that get overrun by non-residents. So that's kind of your fault. And so I, I'm just saying this from, from the perspective of, I know it's emotional. I, I know that this is this is a big deal to us. Hunting season comes around, you know, depending on, on the species once a year. And, and it's, a you know, we build it up in our mind all year. And when you don't tag out, it's, it's super easy and very tempting to start pointing your finger at non-residents, that people that you think because you are a resident, you have some kind of ownership over, you know, a piece of public land or something. Um, and and I, I've, I've been guilty of that as well. But I want I I'm hoping that somebody out there listening to this will will kind of take this message and really think about am I using non-residents and all the other excuses out there in the world as an excuse as to why I didn't tag out, or did I really screw up? Did I do something? Did I not prep enough? Did I, was I not in good enough shape to get up that mountain? W-
3: Jim,
2: um Randy Newberg actually talked about that with Corey Jacobson. Um an Elk Talk podcast, I believe it's episode 62, crowding residents and non-residents. And um he breaks down the Montana situation mathematically with like last year we had X amount of new residents move to the state. Mm-hmm. And if 10% of those new residents are hunters, which I'm sure more than 10% of those are hunters, then you're gonna have x amount of new applications he relates it to, to point creep and the amount of trail heads being crowded like it's just just go listen to that that episode if you think that okay you know, everything that you just said uh you know uh, I uh he backs all, I, it up mathematically I mean, you, more, you can't argue with the math where the hell's Randy newberg been and i haven't seen some of his mm-hmm. podcast getting
0: released lately i gotta i gotta hit him up here but you know on a on a total side note here, I just figured out why. So I'm sitting here, we're recording, and I'm like, I'm sweating like a one-legged IHOP waitress. And I, I'm like, why in the, <laughs> the hell am I sweating like that? And my freaking heater is on full blast behind me. Let me turn this off.
4: Gosh, it's like 75 degrees today, and I've got the heater on full blast. Okay. Hey, Jim. Hey, yeah. Jim. You, so you said something in there, man, and I and I have to say something about it, right? You said you were talking about outside pressures, uh, and and you know wanting to post something on social media, if mm-hmm. that's the reason that you're in the woods, um, chasing whatever it is, you're in the woods for the wrong flipping reason, man. <laughs> totally, right? Yeah, if you're, totally if totally you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for that validation from social flipping media, you, you've got it. You've got it effed up. You've let's, got your priorities. Even, yeah, they're yeah. Let's not even pull punches on that BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point, guy. Yeah, the, totally. Um, I just,
0: it all boils down to the basic premise that as hunters, we all, we all got to remember, this is, this is like the, the thing that I always try to say, we've all got the same end game and goal in mind. We want full freezers. We want the wild adventure and, and we want those memories. Um, and those are the same goals. Every hunter has them, uh, with the exception of some of the the folks that, uh, you know, are are just this, this, you know, like the hedge fund managers to go shoot something as a trophy for their office. That, that differs i get that but the the, the most common hunter that the folks like us we all have the same goal and objective and so i i think everybody i wish we could all calm down oh <laughs> you know i know that's a that's a tall order so
2: i uh i emptied out my napkin bottle for two guys packing out a bunch of bear meat on uh just miles deep in a trailhead in colorado uh, it was like midnight you think yeah. they cared right then and there what state I was from? No, no they were <laughs> just like, thankful for the help, right? Right, you know, a uh, couple mornings previous to that, they might have been bitching about me parked there, like uh, Ohio plates, huh? <laughs> but you ne- you never know who might be helping you out. So okay, so are all same team, exactly, you
0: know? exactly. And we, we guys, we could go on for two hours on this particular sub- subject, but um, I, and I could, I love, I love talking. This, but guy, you and I see a, a lot. Uh, eye to eye in terms of of that topic so we can just keep going I'm pulling my notes back up here you you just said something Logan um seeing your Ohio plates and that leads me to the question when you guys go out of state with the exception of you Garrett when you went to like Africa and you're going planning on going to Hawaii and stuff Mm -hmm. do you guys recommend driving or flying who wants to
4: start with that uh I drive everywhere I'm a driver I'm a flyer (laughs) Garrett you're a flyer
1: I like time machines. That's what an airplane is to me as a time machine. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's talk about the pros and cons. I, I'm a driver
0: as well, um, only just because I, I, I think we even talked about this, Garrett. I, I have a thing for being on the road. I like I like being on the road yes. and seeing everything on the road. Uh, but, man, it does suck up a lot of time. So let's let's start with you, Garrett. Kind of talk about why you fly and what some of the logistics are with that.
1: So, um, you know, d- d- I'm going to throw this out here. I drive to Idaho where when it makes sense. And if I was going to go to Wyoming and stuff, it would depend on who I'm hunting with. Um, if there's any way for me to get out of driving, I'm getting out of driving and I'm flying, um, period. But mm-hmm. so when I went to Alabama, Brian picked me up, didn't need a truck. Went to Idaho. I had to drive and it didn't make sense to buy a plane ticket and rent a truck and take it off road. And, you know, just logistically, you're going to need to know. How bad the roads are, where you're going, time of year, how much is the cost? Does it actually make sense to fly? How much is it going to cost to get the meat back? And versus all that huge giant headache, driving is way easier. I mean, it is. It's time consuming, but it is much, 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 much just easier logistically,
0: right? Like yeah. like you just said, you know, getting the meat back. That's that's a huge uh, logistical challenge.
1: Yeah, honestly, I've never even had to uh, <laughs> I say this, I've never had to worry about it because the the animals, um, the, the deer that I shot in Alabama were donated. Um, and so I didn't have anything to take back there. And then Idaho, I basically ate ate my tag both times I went. And so, but I would have just put that in a cooler and drove back. And when you go to like Hawaii, you have to, you can get totes, styrofoam totes or coolers and you have to ship it back as baggage and stuff. And so Mm -hmm um you know there's ways to do it but um if you're looking to make it it, the easiest on yourself just just drive i mean that's the best that's honestly the best way Uh, but if i'm hunting really out of state i'm probably having a buddy that either lives there now that i have a buddy that lives in texas i have um you know you if i wanted to go fly over and meet you somewhere near an airport i could do that now you know Mm -hmm. like um or or if i wanted to go meet guys somewhere in california I maybe i could fly down there it's cheaper and shit to fly you know to some of these places. And it would make more sense for me to do that. Um, I I literally hate driving. I do it all the time for my job. Um, You know, a lot of days it's four hours plus in in, in my seat driving, um, which compared to other guys I know is less, but um, for me, I really do not like driving. I really don't. And so um, it's just, it's just a personal preference, man.
4: Totally, totally personal preference.
1: What about you guy?
4: Uh, Man, I, I like to drive. I'm, I'm sort of like you. I like that window time and I do a bit more than Garrett, uh, road miles a day (laughs) (laughs) and it's Southern, Southern California traffic. But you know, for me, I don't, I don't want to run the risk. You know, you you send your bow or your rifle through, you know, check and you get, you land and then that bow or rifle is not there with you. Your hunt's Mm -hmm. ruined until it gets there. Um, but I really, you know, for me I, I really like the freedom and the flexibility, right? If we're getting our butts stomped and I wanna extend that hunt, um, I can extend that hunt and then time off of work. Um, I, I've made that a non issue for me uh in September. So what do you mean by um, that,
0: guy? Play. What 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 do you do for a day job?
4: I'm a heavy civil superintendent, so I do uh, heavy civil construction, man. Gotcha. So, so I'm like area big highways area and bridges and stuff. Yeah, highways, bridges, airfields, yeah. damn stuff. Sweet. Uh, and I've committed to myself to work as little as possible in September and uh, you know, chase the passion. And we're in control of that destiny. Um, and I don't want to use somebody else's saying, but we only have so many Septembers. That's true as hell, especially when you hit that 40-plus mark. So I'm just saying, man, it's the truth, right? We're <laughs> in control of that. We can choose to do it or we could choose not to do it. So I'm choosing to do it. And, you know, I, I save all the days I can um, for September, man.
0: You know what? My wife and I, are, um, we, we don't watch a lot of TV, but sometimes we do get into like an, a, a show and we're watching this show. Have you guys ever seen the Americans uh, on, on Netflix, like the Russian spies that are living in DC. No. It, it, but it, well, Okay. It's, it's pretty good. Well, we just started it, but you know, what's scary about it. So it's based in like 1981. I'm like a toddler in 1981 and the, the main characters are, are around the age I am now. And I was, I was sitting there watching. And I, I looked at my wife and I'm like, you know what? Like if that, if these were real people in 1981, 1982, 1980, um, they would be like 80 years old today. My wife's like, stop. Cause they're, cause they're our age. Right. You know, So I think about that. <laughs> all the time. Uh, I I probably, I'm probably weird, man. I think about stupid shit like that, but, um, uh-huh. Logan, what about you, man? T- give us uh, your take
2: on driving. Oh, uh, similar, similar to a guy. Uh, I'm a driver. Uh, it's nostalgic, you know. Mm-hmm. You get your, you know, your hunting buddy, whether it's your wife or your your buddies, and uh, you know, you hit the road. You you've been packing, you know, you got your mixtape and a case of beer and some Marlboro Reds. Jeez, man, you know, in, maybe,
0: in Ohio I mean, they don't, you know, you guys don't have like digital <laughs> downloads
2: or what? What's going on? No, man, I'm just saying it's nostalgic. You know, <laughs> you just you pack up with your boys, you're ready to rock. You hit the open road, and then it's like cornfield 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 you know it kind of sucks when you're when you're doing it but uh uh i don't know i can stop and piss or sleep when i want to uh it's more of that allure of adventure like i was talking about earlier like you never know what side road you're gonna end up going down you never know you might get your ass beat by uh some dude dressed like a girl (laughs) like it's fun (laughs) man it's fun some my some of my favorite memories uh Dodging of
0: South Dakota about beach your
2: ass. Dude getting getting run off the road by semis. Like I seen a four by eight sheet of plywood on my way to Texas, about thirty foot in the air, it blew off of somebody's trailer. I mean, pretty dangerous, pretty awesome. Like uh <laughs> super my dangerous. My wife I and I had a, had a wolf, world, right? <laughs> My my wife and I had a wolf come out and just stare at us somewhere in Montana, right in the middle of the road. It was chasing a mule deer buck. Uh I mean, and these are things wow. like I'll remember for the rest of my life. And it's just, I carry this mentality. Like I work all year. I was disciplined enough. Uh, as soon as I get my truck, pack all my stuff and start driving, that's a successful year to me. It doesn't yeah. matter if I eat my tag or not. Like I got my tag, all my bills are paid all my anxiety is at rest because I was disciplined all year and I'm finally doing it. Like that's a success for me.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Great point, man. You
2: know, and I, I can go anywhere. Like I was saying, uh, you know, I take all of September off. Like that is my, that is my huge thing is time off. Um, I worked really hard to become like a master fabricator and probably one of the best welders in my area, not to be, you know, cocky or anything but that's like <laughs> my demand like uh, that was why i changed jobs is uh, my old job was bitching about too much time off to hunt and this place bitched less and paid more so you, good, you know man? money talk i can't beat that deal man no. no so i got all of september off basically whenever i want off to hunt um not paid time off but time off mm-hmm. which i'll take it you yeah. Know? yeah for sure um yeah. so i just love to hit the to hit the road and just go places man like uh I drove up through Canada. I saw some awesome stuff. Like just it's not just, you know, putting a buck on the wall or, you know, an elk in the freezer. It's everything. It's the whole process. It's a package.
3: Yeah.
2: I am I every day I'm I'm either shooting my bow or studying up on gear or e-scouting or you know, working on my truck. Like maintenance. It's all a part of the the lifestyle. It's not just it's to me anyway. It's not just about like likes like like we were talking about earlier like oh i'm gonna go out and backcountry hunt for instagram like to hell with
3: that (laughs) like
2: this is my lifestyle man like mule deer big high country mule deer. Like I eat, sleep and breathe mule deer, big elk, like not even big elk, any elk, man, any <laughs> mule deer, any mountain. Like I want to go see it. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm the first person that's ever been up here and which I know is bullshit. You know, I think you were talking about that the other, the other day, Jim. Oh like, yeah. I talk about like, that all the these time. Back, back country basins and you're just like, damn, like imagine being a native in here. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I just, that it's my whole lifestyle you know yeah. i've structured my whole life m- around hunting mm-hmm. so um yeah that's yeah, that's man.
0: all that's all what you were saying part of the package you know this is a package deal when it when it is as when hunting is as important as, as it is to the guys on this panel um you, you nailed it dude. i mean this is not like a you know we wake up to hunting in october for a week and then we shut it back down and kind of put it to bed you know it's it's always there um
2: oh and that, that's the kind of hunter that you are like uh hell like we go out to my granddad's place in pa for rifle season every year but other than that like we don't really you know we're not Mm -hmm. biology nerds like you know nerding out on whitetail behavior or anything like that that's fine you know we're all the same team like we were talking about earlier and i have like that's that's fine if you're just a a one weaker
3: yeah no totally the main
2: thing is we stick together and we have respect you know like I'm not better than you because I'm a backcountry hunter. You know, I don't think you're less than me because you're just a, a weekend warrior or whatever, whatever the case may be. The, exactly. To me, we, we need to stick together. I mean, shit, know?
4: that's that's really what we all are as weekend warriors unless, you know, you're getting paid to pursue it. Um, 99% mm-hmm. of us are weekend warriors you know and some of us just plan for a longer weekend all year <laughs> 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 September is my weekend brother yeah buddy <laughs> pretty much
0: pardon the interruption but we got to talk about the show sponsors because they're the ones that make this show possible I want to start with Screegear. Scree is extreme mountain gear, it's high performance hunting attire and gear, scientifically tested camo patterns and all backed by a great company and I wouldn't recommend it to you if I didn't fully believe in it. I've, I've run the Scree for a couple of seasons now and I tell you what, if you want to compare the the quality and the durability and the effectiveness of this gear go for it because you're going to find that you're not going to drop a fortune and you're still getting all the benefits of what you can see out there with in terms of high-end gear they offer a complete layering system for all terrains for all conditions it's gear designed to adapt to the weather it's rugged it's backed by a lifetime guarantee uh, and warranty and what I really like about it is the VIP sizing and exchange program so basically if you order the hard scrabble pants and you get them and they, they show up and they're not fitting right you just send them right back for free because they send you the return slip label that you just throw on your packaging and send it back. It doesn't cost you anything, and they replace it with a better size for you. So, Scree Gear, check them out. And don't forget at the checkout, use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. Heck of a deal. Great company, great gear. All right, moving on to Tacticam. Guys, Tacticam is our newest sponsor. And I'm really excited about having them on board. If you've ever wanted to film your hunts and have specific and unique, like point of view type kind of angles, the Tacticam is the way to go. It can connect to your bow, it can connect to your rifle, they've got the film through scope, Uh, make sure you're checking regulations on all of that because that changes in every state. But I film in Idaho when I'm hunting and I have the Tacticam attached both to a head harness and a shoulder harness as well as like this flex mount thing so I I can get multiple angles as I'm calling in a screaming Bull elk and get it all on camera. The gear is great, and they also have other cool packages like the reveal game camera. It's a cell cam, so you can set that up if you're managing whitetail property or something like that. It's perfect because it texts you in real time when pictures are coming in. The other thing that I really like from Tacticam is their new fisheye camera. For you fishermen out there when you're trying to get that uh, that, that perfect coverage of, of filming your fishing trip, man this thing is badass, it, like it gets the whole wide angle of it and you can control all of these cameras through an app on your phone in real time, zoom in, hit record, zoom out, pause it, stop it, all the things right there in your app in real time. Great sound quality, 4K video recording. Get you a Tacticam. And I heard a rumor that we're going to have one hell of a giveaway coming up on the show for some Tacticam gear. So stay tuned for that. Go to Tacticam.com and check it out. Last, but certainly not least, I want to talk about Hoffman boots. Hoffman boots are high quality, high end, great traction, rugged mountain boots that you need. Every hunter needs a good set of boots and you could really drop a fortune on great boots. But the Hoffman's are going to give you everything that you can get, just like what when I was talking about with Spree Gear, without breaking the bank. That's what I love about the Hoffman's. If there's one thing you don't want to chintz out on, it's great quality hunting boots. You've seen them, they've been up there hunting, people that chintz out on their hunting boots and they're slipping and sliding all the way down the mountain, the soles coming off, they've got everything, their their feet are soaked, all that is going to be prevented with a great pair of Hoffmans. I run the Hoffman 8-inch Explorers. It's a great boot and I can personally vouch for that, but they've also got another great product called the Summit. Uh, And that's another popular boot out there. Got the Explorers in insulated, -insulated, non-insulated, 6-inch, 8-inch. And just check out Hoffman.com. And you can, or I'm sorry, Hoffmanboots.com. And uh, you will be able to kind of pick out all all the different options and and things like that. They've got a great warranty, uh, great company. Jim Hoffman, the owner, is a great dude. Uh, And at checkout, don't forget to use promo code HUNTSMAN10, all caps lock, for 10% off. Enjoy it. Let's get back to the show. Uh, Can we talk about, uh, we we talked, uh, Garrett was kind of talking about some of the logistics of flying and all all that kind of stuff. What about with driving? How do you guys plan that when you're going, you you know, we're not talking about you're just going to your neighboring state or up the road or something. We're talking about multi-states. You guys are on the road how do you plan that out? How do you try to keep the cost down in terms of, because I think, I think of you, Logan, where it's like, man, you're coming from Ohio on the road. How many hotel bills is that? How much gas is that? Um, how, how many, how many times have you, did you have to stop at a restaurant or, or buy food or,
2: you know, how do you work that out coming that far? Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, me, I don't know if I'm a good example of that because like, I, I'm like a freak, um, Last year when I drove to Colorado, I left at like 5.30 Ohio time. In Ohio time, I was in Colorado by midnight. Not like Denver, but um, like I'm pissing in bottles, man. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I only stopped how real, many speeding tickets did you get? Um, well, I got one in Arkansas last year and one in Montana last year, but I'm good this year. Sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And speeding tickets, that's a real thing. Uh, you have to watch construction zones because, um, like that cop in Arkansas cut somebody off to write me a ticket. Because, Yeah. I, that out of state thing, man, yeah. the cops will get you cause they know that you're not going to show up in court. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, that, so don't, don't speed, but, um, I'll live off a bag of beef jerky and piss in a bottle and only stop for gas. And, uh, sleep when i'm tired basically uh i pack i try to pack my cab with as much little things you know around that i can and that be able to fit my coolers in the cab and keep the bed wide open and i just sleep in the bed um i got a Mm -hmm. cap on my truck um and i'll just sleep at a rest stop and just crawl in the bed of my truck um i'm thinking about getting a van like one of them high top vans like a like a Sprinter van or something like that, and just kind of van life in it. Dude, have you ever priced one of those Sprinter vans out? Because you'll think um, again. Ford Ford makes an all-wheel drive one I've been looking at. And, oh, gotcha. Uh, I'm not a big Ford guy, but I guess they're like anybody can work on them type deal. It's not like a Mercedes. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm just looking into it, because the van life would be sweet, you know? You could uh, you could get like one of those decked out things where you could put your coolers under and then have a bed to sleep on. Yep. Um so yeah, there's all sorts of, I love seeing when people
0: kind of post that, uh, I know we were, we were ragging on social media, but sometimes it's kind of fun to see how people set up their rigs when they're traveling across state or, or when they're spending mm-hmm. a lot of time on the road to haunt and fish and whatnot. Uh, guy, what about you? Uh, do you, do you have a take on the um, kind of lo- the logistics of driving and hotels and costs and fuel and restaurants and all that kind of stuff? So
4: for both Colorado and Wyoming, you're talking to an 18 and then one's a 22 hour drive, bro. I drive straight through. Um, I'll, I'll stop to stretch the legs. Um, but you know, last year drove out with the buddies and, uh, it was, you know, 17 and a half hours and, um, they were there 10 days. I flew the wife into Montrose, drove down the mountain, picked her up, hunted for six days with her, drove home, dropped her off. The winds were really bad. I had, you know, contact on the mountain, stayed Mm -hmm. home two days and then I drove back, and each time that I made the drive, I drove straight through, man. Nice. Um, it. it I, I can do about the eighteen hour mark, and I'm fine. And then after that eighteen hour mark, I'm like, okay, am I am I gonna keep driving or am I gonna pull over, and catch a couple hours of sleep on my way home? Last year, I think I slept for like forty five minutes. Um, you know, after driving it four or five times, I was feeling it. And then you know, twenty three days on the mountain. Uh, it, it beat me pretty good. Um, but you know, in terms of the logistics, I, you know, I haven't got to the point where I can't drive it straight through. Um, you're so, especially going right. You're so ramped up. And if you have somebody in in the vehicle with you, man, the music's blaring, the, the windows are open. Um, you know, you're pounding whatever energy drink, uh, you want, and, and for me, <clears> I'm <throat> packing Copenhagen left and right. So, Copenhagen, that'll do it, man. So, we're just rolling, man. It's like, I got to piss real quick. You jump off, take a piss, jump back in, and go. Um, and then yeah. I don't have well. The you know the last few years I haven't had to worry about speeding tickets because I was driving my Jeep and them things don't. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard getting out of state, man, because that speed limit kicks up to 75, 80 miles an hour. I'm pegged at mm-hmm. seventy six, knowing that the Jeep is doing sixty four. Oh jeez. So, yeah. That would drive me nuts, man. Oh dude, I I actually the I actually got I love my Jeep. I got rid of my Jeep. And bought a new truck just because I drive to my hunts. And I was tired of those, you know, those longer miles because of it.
2: Mm-hmm. So I act some miles uh, per
4: gallon on that thing. Uh, I was actually doing pretty good. I was getting like uh, 15, 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: I got a Tundra and that's about all I get. Uh, yeah, that's pretty it's good. It's about 30, 33 or 34 hour drive uh, from here to Idaho. And a round trip, it cost me about a thousand dollars. If that's,
3: yeah, that's I about just
2: it. go to Idaho,
0: is that um, is that thousand dollars, Logan? Is that is that including your tag?
2: That's gas, no, buddy. No, that's just fuel. So bro. You're just that's talking gas. about fuel, fuel. okay? Because I'm, yeah, cool. I'm
0: just trying to get an idea, uh, you know, so the listeners understand. Um, so you're 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 dropping a grand in
2: fuel, huh? Just fuel alone. Yeah. You know, plus or minus some beef jerky. God, you, <laughs> got, a, you got like a heavy foot, man. I don't. I don't that, that doesn't compute for me. It, oh, it's that tundra, man.
4: Yeah. It's yeah. what you driving. Big old V8. And,
2: you know, once you, once you get in the mountains and, uh, you know, driving around when you're getting there, you know, trailhead to trailhead or whatever the case may be, however your style of hunting, I just, I don't, I plan for, you know, $1,200 in fuel. And, you know, mm-hmm. if I come home with a hundred in my pocket, I'm happy. You know, it's just traveling expenses. That extra can of Copenhagen or that extra <laughs> monster or Red Bull or whatever it is. You know, cause you don't want to, you don't want to be stingy when you're out there. You want to be comfortable. So, yeah. Yeah, so have a good time, a cushion, you know, you don't want to call mom like, Hey, can you Venmo me a 20 spot for gas? Cause I, <laughs> you know, I'm
0: broke. Dude, let me tell you you guys. Okay. When I'm in the Marines in, I don't know if you guys know in Georgia, they have like this mini, uh, Mardi Gras thing in Savannah, Georgia, me and some Marine buddies go there. I shouldn't even tell this story on the freaking <laughs> podcast. We go to Georgia. Uh, and start at this festival and there's just, you know, drinking everywhere. And we load up, I had a Ford Ranger with a, like an extended cab without seats on the back. And guess where we woke up? We, we wake up in Daytona beach, Florida, <laughs> and we, we didn't know we were there. We thought we were still in <clears throat> Savannah. And the only reason we knew is, is because there was, we were parked kind of by this beach parking area. And uh, there's a billboard that says, you know, uh, Daytona Beach's favorite Denny's restaurant or something right here. And so we go to the Denny's restaurant and sure enough, we're in in Daytona Beach, Florida and we're all broke. And I I had to call my mom and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'm like 20 years old, 21 years old, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So we're sitting in a Denny's in Daytona Beach, Florida. Not totally sure how we got here, but uh, can you maybe... Western Union us some money. This is before Venmo and whatever. Um, you know, I might cut that story out. That's that's a little extreme. What do you guys? Oh think?
2: man, see that's uh, traveling. That's nostalgic. You remember <laughs> that with your buddies for for life, man. That's awesome. We
0: were pretty. We were we were a little out of control back then. But um, Garrett, let, let's come let's come to you. And I want can you kind of explain your process when you get a tag out of state and you're planning on going um what's your planning and scouting method how do you kind of determine where you're going and and how you how do you kind of take care of the the scouting aspect of it walk us through that process
1: that's a good question so um i'm i'm getting to the point now where i have enough friends and enough states that the ones that i want to hunt or i have friends that have hunted those states and it seems like ot or uh, you know other states people are a little more loose lipped because they don't, you know, that's not like my spot. That's like, I'm, I'm with, with my really close friends. I'm, I'm pretty open with where we went um, over to Idaho. And, you know, it was, it was like, I call it like the burnt mountain of Idaho is where we went. There was people everywhere. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. not a secret. So sure. um, I, I'll, I'll inquire with friends. And if I have like a gym over there in idaho and i want to i'm like man i'm looking over here I'll, I'll call you or like maybe i'll get a hold of steve speck or you know i'll get a hold of some of these guys that i know are are good hunters they're successful and they're going to lead me in the right direction i'm not asking um i'm going to come to them first of all well, let me backtrack here real quick i'm coming to them with questions on areas that i've scouted on onyx and i'm i'm doing the homework before i call them and then i'm having them either validate it or I'm having them say, yeah, I wouldn't do that. And that way you're not relying on them to provide you a spot or an opportunity and you feel like you earned that spot, right? Like um, if I'm just calling yeah, you like and that. saying, hey, man, I need a couple I need a couple honey holes. Can you – I really need a kill bull. Can you tell me where to go? Or how's that conversation to go saying, hey, I'm looking at this area over in the Sawtooth unit, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm looking at camping here and hunting here. Um, what can you tell me? Do you know anything about that area? And then you can be like, oh yeah, that, that, that area freaking sucks. Don't go over there. Yeah. I just crashed it. You know, it has, it's like the Lalo. I mean, don't. Um, so that's, that's where, how, how I would start is I'd start on Onyx. I'm making phone calls to biologists. I talked to a biologist when I went over there for the first year. Um, and she spilt the beans. Tell me elevation, um, weather. Um, if the weather does this, this is where they're going to be. Here's an area that I focus on. I told her how I wanted to hunt and get away from people. She gave me areas with gates that are walk in only, because um, Idaho has walk in only. It has ATV friendly, horses friendly, all of the above. And I just wanted to go with my feet somewhere where I could get away from people. Yeah. And uh, and she she really gave me a general area, but I also came to her with a general area and then out inside that general area, she gave me specifics. And then she also, you know, I was asking her, um, feed and, and I asked her feed and, and, you know, how, how high are these elk and deer coming from if they get pushed from weather? So you have to ask good questions to get good answers and you just can't expect them to just fill the beans to you without having done a little bit of homework on yourself. And so, um go hunt is fantastic i like go hunt i use it all the time especially when i'm figuring out draw odds and you'll get guys on there that are that are it's like its own little community that actually does help each other out
3: yeah so they're not to go
1: hunt. they're not at each other so not, you, don't, you don't get on uh, facebook
0: and be like hey not looking for your honey hole <laughs> uh but yeah i'm not one of those <laughs> and,
4: then, and then get torn up <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. that would be interesting to see Garrett do that. I, I wonder if there would <laughs> be a different I response. right? No, there, I, there would... know, I
1: can tell you the answer, guy, because I, I did that um for a uh, local um, – I did that in one of my local pages and um kind of got the riot act. And it was like, you above anybody should freaking blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how many of you douchebags have messaged me personally – asking this and that and I just said you know what and that was the last day I ever asked a question or helped any hardly helped anybody out on Facebook I I hit it and quit it. that one like I bet people would be willing you know I put my foot best foot forward a few times and I got hammered man I mean I was I mean this was over probably two years ago and I I have I am now If you want to get a tip from me, you can listen to the podcast. So, (laughs) you know, that's really about it. Facebook is
0: just a cesspool of negativity, man. I feel like we could, like, we could design a a drinking game where – one of us, we go in and we post some question, and every time somebody responds in some kind of negative or aggressive way, we have to take a <laughs> shot of tequila or something. You, you know,
4: you can drop and, and 10
0: you, oh man, you'd be way, you'd be on the floor, probably alcohol poisoning at that point. Yeah, I yeah,
4: I was gonna say
1: you'd poisoning. No, <laughs> well, I mean honestly, um, Onyx and Go Hunt for guys that are really serious. That's an investment. Go Hunt's not cheap, Um, but you it? you do get a lot of really good information. I mean, yeah, you really do. <laughs> For, I mean, yeah.
4: it, what what's yeah, expensive, right? What what's not <laughs> cheap? Because that the that resource I find to be, man, to me it's one of the best resources out there outside of having to search through Department yeah. of Fish and Wildlife in a particular state. Go Hunt does a phenomenal job as a resource. Worth every penny, in my opinion. I think it's. Man, I, yeah, I tell I you know, what, hopefully is, you yeah,
0: fellas. Yeah. I agree. Hopefully you fellas over at Gohan are listening to this. You can hit me up at jim at the Western huntsman.com for sponsorship opportunities.
3: A-
4: <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Garrett let yeah. it, and guys said it. So we got two other podcasts. We got <laughs> yeah. first guy. Like Andrew, you it, might it can kind for... of kill
2: your dreams. <laughs> I, uh,
1: <laughs> I actually provided um, uh, quite a few of the bear profiles for the Oregon. Um, so I. I um, tried weaseling my way in there with those guys <laughs> because i was providing the the bear hunting aspect of of the oregon you know um units and stuff like that and you know they they have they have size um you know everything you know look you have guys that have hunted it locals that are on there helping you know you know it's just a really actually a really good community and out of all the hunting resources for out of state that is probably i would probably say the most useful and I've gotten the most from that. Okay, um, good That idea. one, that one website. Yeah, I mean it, it is legit. And then um, Onyx is is or Base Map, whatever you use. I use Onyx. Um, that is, I, I don't know how you would do that. I mean, gee, I don't know how. I don't. I mean, don't don't know know. how we used to go to Portland without an iPhone. We used to have like paper magazines with maps I know. And like I don't know how we used to do that man.
0: I remember having to pull over and like open maps of, of the city up to find the road I'm trying to look for. And yeah. Yeah life yeah. is different yeah, man. man. I I literally yeah. so I'm a base map guy and I I don't remember how how I hunted before base map and and it's just crazy <laughs> to think, you know, and it was only like I've only had that for like four years. Like what did I do before I never man, used well, GPS What's that? Yeah, if you I come to Oregon
1: and hunt my neck of the woods, you you're gonna have it or you're gonna get arrested. Mm. It's, it's just that simple. Yeah, because of, cause get, of the property line. All the all the timber owners, man, yeah. they don't play games. You you end up on Warehouser, That's a that's a thousand dollar fine, and yeah, they'll probably slap you with something else. But um, and none of these guys play games. You know, none none of the timberland uh, owners play games, and they own you know probably eighty hmm. percent of, of the land around here. I mean, it's ridiculous. So. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's mine is, is call the local biologists. Um, after you, you've acquired the information that can lead you into having a good conversation. That's gotcha. the number one thing I personally have never gone and actually scouted Idaho. I went over there and used all the information I got. Um, and then, um, I saved it all on, I, uh, on my Onyx maps. I saved it all offline. So even, even the areas around where I wanted to go in case I wasn't finding gear and I wanted to explore farther around, mm-hmm. um, I would download those maps and then I mean, people were really freaking friendly. Um, yeah. and we hit it on a bad year and everybody told us not to judge it off that year because the deer hadn't been pushed down, um, because the weather was so warm I and mean, we're talking t-shirt 70 degree weathers, uh, weather in, in October. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. That's pretty rare for Idaho. Sure. yeah and and we saw you know an average of 40 something deer a day and two or three bucks a day and you know i just i, I didn't drive 14 hours to shoot a dink you know so i mm-hmm. i chose to eat my tag and I had plenty of opportunities to fill it and my dad ended up shooting one of the bucks i passed up and and couldn't have been happier and yeah. so oh yeah man I mean, it was a great hunt beautiful area and i'm you know i can't keep talking about it oh, i'm sorry idaho residents <laughs> yeah.
0: you just keep mispronouncing wyoming is all i mean we'll I, well, it's all,
4: I've got the dregs right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, on, on what that about note, you, guys? You know, oh, oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, Jim.
0: No, go ahead. I was, ahead. Gonna I was say, just going to ask Garrett,
4: you. So, Yeah, what I was just going to comment to Garrett and Logan talking about, you know, Wyoming. So, Wyoming's going after that ninety ten. So, you guys better pull the trigger sooner than later because if it goes to that 90-10, it's going to be harder to get in there. It's going to cost you more money. Right now, it's 80-20. Going in on low points, you can get that special tag. It's spendy. But you have you know a good opportunity at the moment. But they pushed hard this year for that ninety ten man. Well, what are really? you seeing? The...
0: Guy, I've I've got I've got I'll have three points in Wyoming this year. Um, like yeah, what, what are my odds with, with so I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's funny I I have fly fish and and all well, all sorts of type of fishing all over Wyoming, and so I know Wyoming well except for when it comes to the hunting and the the tags and stuff like that can can i go can i can i reasonably and feasibly think to go to wyoming on three points and and uh, have a shot at
4: yes, yes for me okay. wyoming is a three-point state if you are willing to drop the money on a special tag if you're not then i'm going to say <clears> it's a five-point <throat> state where you can get in on a regular tag now okay. as we talk about out of state hunting we have to look at what our expectation is in terms of well, well, ratio before, before we go there like
0: guy I wanna I want to circle back to that but when you say uh, three points is gonna be a special tag you know expense and obviously once go hunt uh, sponsors my podcast uh, that shouldn't be much of a problem <laughs> but um, <laughs> getting
3: <laughs> you
0: know, getting back to that what what do you mean like so is is Wyoming again I I probably sound kind of dumb to a lot of the listeners out there, but I just haven't looked into Wyoming super deep yet. Um, so wait, so, you, so
4: go ahead, go ahead. Wyoming. Sorry, man. I, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off. So w- with Wyoming, they do a special tag and you have your regular oak tag. And what they did is they kind of separate the special tags from the regular draw um, and it increases your odds uh, to get drawn. Okay. But you are paying double the price for the tag. So whereas, you know, a typical elk tag, regular elk tag, bull tag in is about six hundred and fifty bucks, six hundred and seventy bucks in there. You're gonna pay literally double for the opportunity to apply with less points and go after that special. Tag. So like 1400 so bucks. Yeah, I think all said and done when I hunted there in twenty eighteen with the archery stamp, my license and everything, I was sitting right around 1525 1525 uh, on the special okay. tag yeah I and think, the, and
3: you know, i'll, I'll
0: sell
4: plus. my kids swing set and stuff for that kind of <laughs> there,
3: there <you> go. <laughs> but the,
4: but, the, but the nice thing about it right if so you go in september right and you hunt and say you strike out well you can go in some of the late season units um later in the year i think it was yeah, yeah dirt think, did that right, man almost February. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you miss it, you know, miss it in September, you can go back. And that was my intent. You know, when I was up there, I arrowed that bull, um, bull went bye-bye, never found bull, found bull, bull poached. (laughs) We won't go into that. Um, so my intent was to go back and I just never, I never committed to make the drive back up there. Right. It was just like, ah, man, I, I blew it. Um, and I wrote it off, but you know, I, I think three points. If you want to spend the money, if you you know, if you budget for that, um, it to me it's well worth that. Uh, okay. That. If they go ninety good ten, to good to know. When they yeah, when they oh. went eighty twenty, they raised the non resident price to compensate for less res non resident tags. So if they go ninety ten, they're going to do that again. That increase is going to be substantial. Um, not just on the Man. special tag, but on <clears throat> the regular tag as well. And that's how they did it when they went to the eighty twenty on them. So hmm. get in there, White, and get in there. Okay. So well, I, I, um, I guess I better put in next year then. There's a
2: few units that I was looking at that are mainly comprised <sighs> of wilderness. Um, yeah,
0: but don't you have to have a resident in, hunter with you on, on
2: that wilderness, in, that weird rule? Yeah, world? there's – wilderness law is stupid but um yeah. it was you were you were guaranteed to draw the tag on no no points but it's mostly wilderness and it's infested with grizzly bears right um so um not to say that you can't go there and kill an elk um in like the trophy potential was like 360 plus
3: mm-hmm. mm. so
2: i haven't had boots on the ground but that's uh, i got a couple pins dropped on my onyx that I would like to go visit, um, before that all happens with Wyoming. Well, and that,
0: that brings us to you, Logan. Uh, what, what is your process for planning and scouting a hunt? Do you have like, like a preparation to to head out and head to stay? What, what do you got? What do you kind of do program wise?
2: Um, I will just like get an idea in my head of that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, I'll either go scout it to confirm or try to network and talk to people that have been there. Um, That normally doesn't work out so well for me. Uh, So I basically just have to like, if I'm interested in an area or perhaps somebody dropped a hot tip, like, Oh, you know, go check out that unit or whatever. I'll, I'll, do a summer scouting trip or, you know, whenever I can fly out there. Like I'm actually, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm packing my bag. I'm flying out to Colorado tomorrow for the opening day of shed season. Uh, oh, you are. I need to pick up some knife handles. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I, it's like, uh, I take the wife out. We got all of our backpacking gear, uh, loaded up. We're going to go, um, fly out and see if we can't pick up some elk antlers or some mule deer antlers. Um, hmm. you know, do a little, nice. uh, just, just some backpacking man like i said I, I just love to get out there i'll if you can hunt it uh except for turkeys really i'm not a big turkey hunter but if you can hunt it
0: let's talk about it, well, uh, it just turkeys. it
2: just doesn't do it for me man it just doesn't do it for how me. many turkeys
0: have you have you uh killed one oh man i was gonna i was hoping you were gonna be like no i've never shot one. i
2: man they're no, a ball man. with the bow and Dude, I got decoys, I've got calls and stuff, and I've gone out, and I've tried, and uh, I've tried to make it interesting, like on public land around here, and I just, like, like adventure hunting, like canoeing into some Ohio oh, backcountry, yeah, cool,
3: and man.
2: getting on some birds and stuff, and like calling from the canoe, and it just, and like, dude, we're getting responses and stuff, it just doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is, I
4: can't get into gotta it. gotta go so. spot and stalk on them bad boys now. yeah. yeah
0: i called now i, out. And I had I, you guys wouldn't believe it i had the craziest morning it was a week ago from today actually that we're recording and you know i was going in to these spots these these big drainages up above my my place here up in the national forest and i'd i'd start using my my hand call and uh i'd get these gobbles from all over the place and i'd move down i'd go in you know about a mile down into the drainage and i'm calling them in they're you know, there it's it's like a mini elk call in session, and you know, almost as exciting, but not quite, because you know they they're not seven hundred pounds, um, but they they kept busting me, and I'm like a mile from my truck. So I drive down the road, I walk twenty feet from my truck to uh, relieve myself after drinking coffee all morning, and uh, I'm I'm standing there peeing behind some brush, and I, I had the call in my mouth, and I'm like. <laughs> And this, no shit, this gobbler comes just charging in at me. I blew his head off. It was a great time. And I'm like 20 <laughs> feet in <from> the truck.
4: <laughs>
0: that is awesome. Do you, do you turkey hunt out there, guy, in California?
4: Yeah, you know, I haven't. Uh, man, it get, it, man, the last few years, it's gotten so crowded and crazy, man, that I started going the last weekend. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll just uh, crow call, locate some birds, and I'll put a spot and stalk on them, man. And I, I get a lot more pleasure out of that aspect of them than sitting under a damn tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me too. Scratching a slate, man. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I much prefer to spot and stalk them, but it's been, it's just. So I don't know. I love, love the call
0: in though. I love the call in. It's, it's, if it's, if, it, if they're lit up, you know what I mean?
4: Thank you. Um, yeah. But it's like anything, right? You you get that much pressure in the woods, man. They, those birds will hold up and they've been called in so many times and, it just uh it, it gets crazy man you hear orange army all the time yeah orange true really, what uh,
1: about you garrett's gotten so packed um yeah we live in like i guess the turkey hunting mecca um uh we i just never took turkey hunting seriously because he could just go shake a can of corn about any any road out here and get a gobble and yeah, yeah i don't know sure. we 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 mean we, we had to shoot them with BB guns to get them out of the garden and out of the driveway because they're pooping all over the deck and everything when we're growing. I mean, just, they never, they never appealed to me, um, mm-hmm. in the same way, like shooting, um, a Robin. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: like I, I, don't, know, I don't know, but I, I did, I will say I did actually, it's okay. So here's a uh, turkey hunting in Oregon. And most of it's like, I've never done it on public cause it's I'm never, not in that, that into it, but, I did a YouTube video uh, cuz I wanted to make an actual experience of it and so I I got this turkey call the one that with the little pen looking thing that you scratch against the plate I don't know shit about turkey hunting you can't tell <laughs> and it's like a little scratch one you know
0: Yeah and uh, now that you say so, that i am drawn a blank on what that call is called slate, it's a slate a call slate. It's a
1: slate call yeah slate okay. call yeah and uh, <laughs> I got it in the subscription box I didn't even actually pay for it and and um and so I me and my buddy go out there and I'm like I want to actually call one in and hunt one. Cause I hear it's really fun. And so we're driving in and then there's this really nice Tom right in the middle of the gravel road. And, and, he, and he's like, you want to get out and shoot it? I'm like, no. I'm like, can we just wait for him to like walk off about 60 or 80 yards and then try and call him back in. And he's like, yeah. And so I got out, you know, basically tried to like, he spooked off. And then I'm like, all right, so then now let's try and go hunt him. You know, like, <laughs> you're having to make an effort to actually hunt these stupid things. And, and um, <laughs> so we, we uh, finally drove around the other end. He, he didn't let us close the gap on him. I'm like, okay, so that's, that's realistic. And then I spotted this look like a giant over across the meadow. And I'm like, Oh, you know, that's a cool. And so we hauled butt around the meadow and then um, spot and stock. And then, you know, my buddy's scratching the, the call and, <laughs> We don't know what the hell we're saying to the turkey, you know, just like, you know, making hen sounds. And yeah, I have ice no idea i either. Yeah, you know, we we actually had a, a call off in, in the YouTube video, like, kind of like a, who did it better. And my buddy Mitch, my hunt partner, is like making this really weird face as he's doing it, but he didn't really know he was making it. But it was like he was angry. It was really weird. So it was actually a really fun video and, but um, you know, I think I sounded better, but neither of us know what the hell we're doing. But I ended up killing this really cool tom, and it was really fun. But you had to make it a hunt. I mean, you do, it, man. I, just, I don't know. Man.
0: You do. Like, like I was yeah. like, it's yeah. exactly like what you were saying. And we don't need to stay on this uh, this turkey hunting thing. But um, that, like I have them all over my property. I, you know, I I can I can get up with a freaking wrist rocket and wipe out a turkey. Uh,
1: but I I drove.
0: <laughs> I drove, you know, a few miles up the road into the national forest because I live right by the entry to the national forest, and uh, I had a ball. Just I was by myself, and I'm calling in turkeys all over the place, and I kept blowing my uh, my setup. Uh, you know, they'd see me peeking around the tree and take off, and it was just it was a <laughs> lot of fun. So, you know, you did, like like you said, you gotta it's, you gotta make it into a fun hunt, and and if you do, I I think it's a lot of fun, and and you get a lot of value in uh, kind of education out of it anyway I don't mean to advocate for you negative on turkey hunting folks out there uh <laughs> on the panel here um let's move back yeah. well, let's, I
1: just, well, well I'm gonna throw this out there you know the guys that compare it to elk hunting um dynamics there. wise I understand what you're getting from but I I don't think I mean, I've heard elk hunting it's, guys it's say too, so I can't say that you've never hunted an elk. But it's it is such a different league. I have no yeah. idea. Those guys are smoking crack, man. Like I don't. I, know I, I agree. I've I, heard I, a lot I of people, who.
0: and I, I I said it to an extent, but but you got to listen carefully when I say it. It is not like hunting elk, but it's a smaller <laughs> version when you call him one in and he keeps responding, and it's it's a yeah, it's so, a smaller level of excitement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah yeah i mean you get to communicate with an animal i mean the the dynamics with with you know maybe you have like a bachelor i don't know what do you, you, know, you you're not herd bachelor flock you know whatever the hell that is and
3: yeah, and, well, uh, right, yeah. right
0: before they shed their antlers uh they're a bachelor. Right, yeah, right. yeah
1: i mean it's and and i mean I, I some turkey dude's gonna get a hold of me i'm like dude you're a freaking idiot i'm like well come on to oregon <laughs> and i'll show you i'll show you what i mean man I yeah mean, uh, it's not a. It's it's like trying. To, yeah, I don't know. Well,
0: you can, you can go on. <laughs> no, no. you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I've I've never been able to compare it to elk hunting, uh, but I, no. I can see how there is this. Uh, it's like a it's like a warm up to elk hunting because you're calling in this screaming gobbler thing that is just pissed off. But and, and they yeah. they see a lot better than elk do, but they don't smell. So it's like this trade off. Uh, and it's just not not as exciting, obviously, not as exciting. Uh, it, it, when they gobble at you, it doesn't uh, rock your world like a bugle does. Um,
1: no, anyway, I did have fun shooting at Tom last year. I, I will. I did have fun doing it, and I will do it again <laughs> this year. But I'm not. You know, that's after I kill a bear.
0: Well, so. next time, next time we get on this uh, this panel discussion, you guys are on here. I want some better attitudes about <laughs> turkey hunting. And uh, <laughs> <with> <laughs> no disrespect. so i want to talk about uh the when we're i want to talk about hunting rigs and keeping up with the different states that you guys hunt um because that sometimes that's a lot to deal with and i want to kind of navigate that for a minute are you guys good with that who garrett let's we were just talking why don't you kick us off with kind of keeping up on hunting rigs any any lessons you've learned with that um, um, things that, that people that have never left their home state to go hunt somewhere, anything that sticks out that you think they should know in regards to hunting regulations and laws and, um, you know, stuff like that. Make sense?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm happy to, to go over organs and stuff. I know that's not exactly what you're looking for, but no, for no, hunting no. Regs, I actually call, um, I call an office. I'll talk to people. And I will order for free. I've never had to pay for a hunting rig. They, yeah. Any, any of them, they will send them to you for free in Idaho and in, in, in Wyoming. There you go. i got off Idaho for a little bit. We'll send you, um, you know, multiple. I mean, I'm holding a, a, a small stack of hunt regs right here, man. i are lying too a great they? resource. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I was just actually, um, as we're talking here, I was kind of going through the things, looking for interesting hunts and stuff. And, You know, you you need to know before you go, you got to do your research. And there's plenty of podcasts. uh, I'm sure we've all done them on certain states and how the regs work and all the changes. And that's the nice thing about podcasts is that you can get a state specific. um, You name your podcast. I'm sure everybody here has done their states or certain states. On draw, you know, um, strategies and hunting strategies and and all that stuff. You I know, mean, I, I I never have had
0: that. I've never had that discussion only because it's covered so heavily on other shows.
1: So I, I just never have.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I I I've done a couple of them and it it really does help. But I mean, I'll listen to other guys' podcasts on on out of state strategies because. I don't want to be an expert. I just want to know what I need to know in order to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to have to be that that guy. I don't, you know, I don't need to be. And there's enough guys out there that can have that expertise. And they share it on a podcast. And I just saved myself hours of becoming that that guy. And um, you know, just listen to some of these podcasts out there. Um, you know, I think Born and Raised has some really good episodes. The um uh what's the one with the uh, Corey Jacobson and, and, um, Elk Talk, uh, Randy elk talk. Yeah. Have, elk talk. If you're looking at going out of state for elk, that's probably one of the better ones. Yeah, it, it really is, man.
2: Randy, Randy, Randy I mean, is an good
0: encyclopedia talk. when it comes to draw, uh, draw odds and, and different tags and, uh,
1: and, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, Oregon is, is a draw, you know, preference point state, um, I wish we would go what to Idaho did. You know, they're like a raffle state, aren't they? Um, you don't build points. No, there's um, no there's no point system Oregon. in Idaho. Yeah, I, I wish Oregon was like that. You know, any 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 preferred point system is doomed to fail. Period. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no there's no not bottlenecking that doesn't occur. It just it always will happen. I can't name a state or an instance that it has not happened or isn't happening. Oregon's in the same same boat right now. We're going through giant. Um, uh reform on our on our tags and and draw and how we you know we just made eastern Oregon deer draw for archery. And that sucks. That sucks man. Yeah, because Oregon's not good enough (laughs) to do that. And so um, you know, and and we're looking at doing something very similar for, for elk and we pushed it off one more year and now we're arguing the specifics on that. And and um I can tell you right now if you have points in Oregon you probably should burn them um on The best tag you can get, don't keep holding on to it because the stuff that I've heard proposed um, and the stuff that I've heard, you know, could go through, I I burnt my points last year for a reason. Hmm. What about Uh, you, Logan? Do you you have a
0: take on, like, kind of keeping up on hunting rigs and how you navigate, you know, making sure you're – because – the only reason I bring that up is because I I made a mistake one time when I was hunting quail in Arizona. Um, I, I was I was not wearing the proper. I didn't know you had to have all this orange on. Was it Arizona? Might have been. Right. I think it was Arizona. Uh, but they, it was somewhere. It was either Arizona or maybe it was Nevada. But anyway, I was I was only quail hunting, and I didn't have any orange on, and uh, I, I I got a ticket, and and this was years ago, uh, and so. I'm I'm sensitive to that because I, I, you know, I obviously I purpose I didn't purposely do that I just I just didn't know and I didn't I was too lazy to go in and check and so I I don't want anybody else to make that kind of mistake Um, and I I could be totally saying the state or uh, naming the state wrong because this was like over 20 years ago so bear with me if I'm wrong on that but that's what it was I was not wearing orange while hunting quail Uh, and apparently for upland game you had to have uh, at least an orange hat or whatever so that's, that's the point of this question. Logan, do you have, do you have a take on that and how you kind of keep up, uh, up to date on that?
2: Yeah. Um, when I'm planning on hunting somewhere, I always read the regs, um, multiple times and, uh, I've even packed them in with me in the backcountry, um, just to something to study at night when I get back to camp, or if I have a question, I can refer back to it because I don't have cell phone service Mm -hmm. because, uh, It will go from the highest of highs to not such a good time when, you know, I mean, I'll paint a picture like this, like you you arrow a bull, you do your thing, you you tag it, you wrap the tag around its antler, you're packing back to the truck, you get there and the game warden's like, son, why ain't that thing's beanbag still attached to its leg? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a big one, man. and he, He writes you a ticket and you just went from hell yeah, I just killed an elk to Son of a bitch! Now I have to pay this ticket, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. That's just yeah, not a good take, time. You don't want to be meat and everything about, so. sometimes for something like that. Uh, well, I, you know, and the game warrant don't mess around. So mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to know. And you know, like last year, I went from Colorado directly to Idaho, and they have different laws. Like totally, uh, you know. So I can't. You know, I don't want to be. <laughs> caught like that because they don't care. They're like, well, it's your responsibility to know. So if you have, you know, to, and- you know, bring the regs with you in your backpack and like, okay, here's how, you know, the state requires this as you're breaking down the animal you know and you have your buddy read it out you know or you read it before you break down or do whatever you have to do but it's your responsibility to know exactly what you have to do legally for sure and Um, that's an important point logan that that you made It, it is
0: not the game warden's responsibility to educate you even though they they will but that's not their responsibility their responsibility is to enforce what the laws and regulations are so uh
2: great point man yeah um yeah. So just, uh, do what you have to do. You know, some people are, uh, different learners, you know, some people, mm-hmm. will, if you got a screenshot it on your phone, so you have it to refer back to, um, because there are no excuses. The game warden don't care for sure. You know? yeah. <laughs> Any excuse they can to, to get some money, they're broke, you know, so they, they need some, some, some of that money.
3: So.
2: <laughs> Guy, what about you? You got some uh, guidance you can offer?
4: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, if you're planning this hunt and you, you know, you know where you're applying a draw, uh, kind of the same as Logan, man, get into those regs and, and make sure that you are well versed in the regs in that state. Um, you know, naivety or ignorance, uh, doesn't negate you from being held to the standard of the law. Yeah, um, and, and just like Logan said, right. It can go from, you know, high as high to the lowest low, you know, dealing with it. You don't want to lose that animal. Um, but yeah, I just, for me, it's just getting in the regs. And if, you know, last two years I was in Colorado, I did not leave it to chance that I was familiar with the regs. I got in the regs again, you know, it, those laws change, uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, impacts and changes across the West and and every year, man, it's, it's refreshed those, uh, even in your home state. Right. And that's yeah. where I think people will get slipped up is they take it for granted. Hey, I've been hunting here 20 years, uh, and, and something changes and, you know, the game warden says, Hey man, what about this? And you're like, well, what are you talking about? You know, I've done this for the last 20 years. Sorry. You know, this law went into effect January 1st of this year. And then you're in a, in a situation, yeah. uh, where, you know, and if you lose your license now with the States that, you know, they're interconnected with fish and game, um, you lose privileges in one state, man. It's, I believe, man, I think it's pushing 30 some odd States, maybe 40 now that are, that are interconnected mm-hmm. and uh, you'll feel that effect across uh, mm-hmm. across the west especially
0: yeah it used to be so, yeah. it used to be like you could you could lose your hunting privileges in say utah and just be like well screw it man i'm moving to colorado and then you're good to go well that's that's not the case anymore um
2: uh-huh.
0: that's how i ended up in idaho and on the run as a hunting fugitive um
4: hanging out with the fluties too much
0: (laughs) too too many fluties man (laughs) he's a bad influence dude okay so no this is great stuff guys Uh, one of the things that i think is really important we kind of touched on it in the beginning as as when when we're talking on the issue of non-resident hunters i think the thing that prevents a lot of hunters from considering it is is there's this stigma of like it's this big hurdle and, Guy, I, I want to start – let's start with you on this. Um, getting over the stigma of going to another state and and hunting, because I think a lot of people build it up in their mind. Well, it's going to be really expensive. I don't know the area. I don't know the regs. I don't maybe have the right gear. I don't know how to get the deer meat back or the elk meat back or whatever whatever game animal you're pursuing, hogs in Texas, you know, whatever. Um, and and we're, we're looking at this, and it's just like this big mountain to climb – and you feel like you're climbing it blindfolded. And I want to, I, I not that I'm trying to, I, this episode is not about promoting non resident hunting or traveling to other states to hunt, but it's about reducing the stress that those that choose to do that, because it's a good thing. You, you get amazing experience out of going out of your comfort zone and hunting in a different area, uh, specifically out of state. Like it, it it's a, it seems crazy, but it is totally different hunting mule deer or elk in Idaho than it is in Utah. Uh, not to say that elk are different in terms of their behavior or how they vocalize or anything like that. It's the terrain and, the, and the, just the, the nuances of the the environment and the habitat that you're hunting in. And it, I, I recommend that to people to experience something different. If you've been hunting the same mountain for the last 20 years, you've never left uh, you're you're gonna be surprised at what you pick up on in terms of, of uh knowledge on on your game species of choice and bring it back home. So it's it's a it's a great place to be. So oh, that was a long way for me to get to, guy. Uh, you kick us off at this one. How do you get over the stigma? <laughs> you quit laughing at me. I'll, I'll come down there with my white claw. Um, how
3: do you get over
0: how do you get over the stigma of of this this hurdle that is Out of state hunting
4: that, you know, not to say it was really good to start with me, but man, I had opportunity for years to go out of state and hunt elk and I always just applied here, you know, uh, time off. And for me, it was a lot of, you know, be away from the family. My kids were, you know, fall athletes, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the problem with that is now in hindsight, I live in a world of regret that I didn't take those opportunities. Um, and it's just like anything else, right? If you have this idea, this dream, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, uh, in any facet of life, especially hunting, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. is chase it, right? Is go after it because all you're going to do is sit back on the rock and chair and wonder what if. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it's really not a difficult undertaking, right? And I, and I've had people make comments or ask, you know, man, how, you know, oh, that's you're you're lucky to be able to you know do that. Well. Yes and no, right? There's some luck involved with it, I guess, right? You can look at it like that, but you're, you're planning for this, right? You're, you're making a commitment to do something that you're passionate about. You just got to go do the damn thing. And if, if, if that's what's stopping you, then you need to take a look at, you know, do you really want to do it or you, you don't really want to do it, Um You know, you hear people talk about the finance part of it or the time off of work. And if it's not an every year thing, make it a two year thing, make it a three year thing. But you just got to go after it or or it's never going to happen. Okay,
0: so prior to you ever going out of state to hunt in another state, is there was there a perception that you had on on whatever that you were dead wrong about? You once you did it, you were like, oh, man, I built this up in my mind and that is just not how it is. Mm Kind of thing. Is there something along those lines that you have?
4: Not, no, not so much. For, like I said, for me, it was more so, you know, my kids were young. They were fall athletes. I was very committed to that. I coached, helped coach, whatever it was. Um, it, for me, it was more of my family. Um, and I, I just had a maybe a guilt thing um, because let's, you know, let's face it, when I go on a two week, three week elk hunt, it's there's some selfishness that has to be for
0: involved sure, in man that. and that takes a toll you know on the family I mean? when you have young kids for sure yeah
4: yeah so for me it wasn't it, it wasn't a fear of doing something less a lack of commitment because of a commitment i guess you
0: felt that, like maybe because- maybe you were negating your responsibilities
4: uh, to go on 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 like an out-of-state hunt. Is that, is that kind of what you're implying? Gotcha. Yeah. It was just, you know, and and it's a means thing, right? A a lot of Mm -hmm. guys are looking at, you know, tight pennies uh, and it costs some money, you know, Logan, both Logan and I chimed in on, you know, a thousand dollar gas. Man, I have a a three quarter ton
0: freaking Chevy Suburban. that I pull a trailer with and and I like, I go, I'll go like 700 miles with this bad boy. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not budgeting or tracking no, the, the number, number man. It. I must not be logging it because I don't, I don't feel like I spent a thousand bucks for something like that. And this suburban no, you know drinks gas, like, you know, freaking Doug Flutie's mom drinks Nobody. liquor, <laughs>
2: but um, okay. Don't, <laughs> don't focus on the number. Uh, half of a thousand is five hundred. So get a reliable buddy and make the plan and split. There you in. go. And Great I mean, point. Five hundred is attainable. So Logan, you know, quit buying, quit buying bullshit Red Bulls every morning for the whole <laughs> year, and there's your gas money. No, and that's so it's just so a true. discipline. That's so that's true, all.
0: man. Um, and and it, it is minor adjustments, and and I've talked about this before, but it's minor adjustments that go a long way, uh, throughout the year. You can't, you always, every, I think a lot of people look at it like this. Well, you know, a thousand dollars in gas is more than my weekly paycheck, or you could look at it like a thousand dollars of gas could be paid for by spending three months packing a lunch to work versus going out. Make sense? Right. Boom. Okay. Logan, let's, let's go to you with that question. Um, let's, let's talk about, uh, getting over that stigma, um, anything you learned the first time you did it that you maybe uh, over had over how do you say that over worried about in your mind? I, I know I'm missing a really cool word there. Um, in my oh IQs. no, I got I, you, I man.
2: I got you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, somebody gave me the advice. Uh, they said, "Son, the first truck stop you stop at, the first lot lizard you see, buy her shoes." And I was like, "What?" He said, "Time to your bumper," and I, went, I didn't understand, but uh, I did it. I got me some lucky horseshoes, and uh, I've been smooth sailing ever since. So,
3: <laughs> no, um,
2: it's <laughs> it's uh, it's just like I don't know. You stand next to a pool and you feel the water, and it's kind of cold. It makes you not want to go in, or you just say hell with it and you just jump in. It's not as bad. So, just if you're disciplined enough to you know allocate the finances where they need to be and get the tag and you've done all your research just go out there and do it what's the worst that happens you spend seven or eight days or five six days with no shower and then you come home with no meat and stories and memories that are going to last a lifetime Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: you're either going to find out that you're going to want to do it again and you're going to be disciplined enough to to do it again and plan and build on that experience or you're going to be like you know those were i'm glad i went and did it but once once is enough for me hell with it so uh just uh if you're thinking about it if there's any inkling that you might want to experience something like that like a western hunt or not even just a western hunt come out come out my way deer hunt go to canada bear hunt you know go go hunt go hunt white claw in california California. yeah go hunt some white claws in california if we have any stock left If, if you want to do it then just, just go do it, find a way, you know, and, uh, it's just discipline. That's all, you know, yeah. and making, making sacrifices like, uh, quit drinking monster. Like you said, quit going out for lunch with your buddies and, and just put that money in your pocket for, for elk season or deer season yeah. or bear season or a pig, a pig hunt, you know, and, and get, get your buddies together and, and, you know, I mean, there's four seats in a truck, you split it four ways and, uh, uh, I mean you got to have reliable buddies that's a whole different podcast right there, you know, but uh <laughs> i've thought about that exact um,
0: topic man
2: <laughs> oh no yeah that's why i mm-hmm. like to I like to go by myself, you know that way uh that's that's a whole other topic, but yeah. i mean it it can be done with just a little bit of you know some solid friends and some discipline you can you can do unbelievable hunting adventures or anything adventures, you know, you know I'm, um, I'm going to
0: say just, something just there, do it. Logan that that you just mentioned. And, you know, guy and I were kind of referencing maybe sometimes the guilt or the responsibility uh, of leaving your family for that long on a, on a hunt, and the expense that comes with that. Um, this is for people that, that you know, who you're talking, you know, who I'm talking about and you're related to me in some way. But when you spend $150 on freaking tennis shoes for your goddamn four-year-old that are going to be wore out in 30 <laughs> days and then bitch at me about how much money you have, like, come on. That, how much – when you guys – when I'm looking at that, you really got to look at this from an overall big-picture perspective. Kids grow out of shit in 30 days or, or 60 days or 90 days. It's, there's like this 30, 60, 90. And I'm, t- I'm talking to you new dads out there that don't know this, that maybe don't know this yet. But when you're a new dad, your kids do not need $100 tennis shoes. They don't need $100 jeans until they get into their middle school years, you know, maybe early preteens, teenager when style and fashion comes in. Then you can maybe you're going to be older and making more money you can maybe justify it. But when you're young, 20 something, and you've got new kids, quit freaking spending all that damn money on, on, on what they're wearing because a
2: four-year-old doesn't give a shit about fashion. Okay. Rant over. <laughs> or, you know, pick up some side jobs. There's a lot of work out there. Uh, um, yeah. I was just doing some side jobs and, uh, I was working, you know, a 10 hour shift. And then I went and put in eight hours after work for a few days. And, uh, I, I just bought some swallows with that money, so Sweet, I'm pretty man. excited about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mule deer, look out because I'm going to find you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's just plenty of work. I mean, if you got skills, whatever it is, you do drywall and pick up a side job. It's just, dis- it's just discipline. You're going to go home. You're going to go home and drink beer and bitch about not having any money, or you're going to allocate a day a week, mm-hmm. a couple, you know, a couple weekends over the summer, make a couple. You know, hundred extra, thousand, whatever it is, and uh, chase your dreams. Love this topic. If
4: there's a will, there's
2: a way. I love this topic. You know, there's a will,
4: there's a way. For sure, for sure. You so- know, or as Jim. As Jim and Garrett can contest, you could start a podcast because we make a buttload of money to <laughs> pay for our hunting.
2: Me <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you might lose the season, I don't know. God, man, we that's what the kind secret money sauce, right, talking boys? about. I,
3: like, thing,
0: my wife's starting to give me the, the the third degree. This thing better start making some money at some point. So I, I just I just send <laughs> her a text, let her know. That uh, Logan brought up Swaro, and we got Gohan. We're gonna get these podcast sponsors online. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna be good to go, man. Don't you worry about it. No. Um, uh, so okay, thanks, Logan. Uh, let's let's go to let's go to Garrett on that one. Um, you guys got me like totally sidetracked there with the whole sponsorship crap. Never happened. <laughs> um Garrett let's talk about in in your mind getting over the stigma and and making it happen
1: well I, I just know that everybody I've talked to says I wish I, I wish I would have done it sooner I wish I would have done it when I was in my 20s yeah I wish I would have done it when I was in my 30s or, or whatever that is I've 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 hardly ever heard anybody ever say damn I wish I didn't go out of state you know like everybody's everybody's it's like it's like you you know i think I was already mentioned but like that mental block of, of I don't know why I just I, I, I procrastinated for a freaking 10 years before I finally did it I got tired of seeing guys kill all these giant freaking bucks who didn't know hardly shit about where they're going and I'm like man like what like you're calling <laughs> 160s when you go over like what like you're lucky to see a 160 in order we don't have, and, we don't um, have 160s in Idaho just so everybody knows <laughs> well I, I can tell you that when when we first went over um you know out of state or anywhere just having somebody that was like yeah it's worth it and hearing it and then seeing the pics you're only going to be able to see you know somebody else eat cake without you finally wanting to take a bite and i don't know what is holding you back i know for me it was it was it was money and it was worried about like where to go and you don't have those excuses because you know it was already talked about you can i know somebody that was just talking the other day about driving um delivering food for DoorDash, and they were making a thousand bucks a week that's crazy can you imagine yeah and that's not that's that's a lot of like dude and that was only um you know one girl i think it was a girlfriend or i forget who i was even talking to I have a horrible memory but this chick was making 90 bucks and um every two hours Mm -hmm. um, one night she made 90 bucks just doing it for an hour or two and i'm like are you kidding me like that's really good money. That goes and, a long um, way, huh? Yeah, I mean, you can even, you can even. There's another app I I forgot what it was called, but I met a dude. Um, uh, actually, uh, my my brother's um friend who uh, they met on a bighorn sheep hunt. They both drew the tag. Um, and he's pretty successful. And even for fun, he lives up in Washington. For fun, he has this app that allows you to, you know, connect into like Safeway and people order groceries and then you take it to them. And you make, like, really good money. So, like, when he's at Safeway, he'll look if anybody has any orders because he's already at Safeway. And he'll drive maybe 15 minutes out of his way, and he'll make 20 bucks. Like, that's fantastic. It's, he was already shopping. So, um, me and my wife don't pay for cable. We haven't had cable for, you know, since I got tired of watching the news and getting lied to every day. And, and uh, you know, I, I just mm-hmm. – we don't watch it. We don't watch that crap. And, you know, we have – you know, maybe Netflix and Hulu, and which you know, thirty bucks a month, twenty bucks a did month. Did you 80. Did you send me that but Drummond
0: DVD, by the way? Since we're on that topic, I did. Sweet man, I I'm did. So
1: excited, and it. I don't know. I I put it like the cheapest way possible. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'll get it in December.
3: <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. That's
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's stuff is so cheap now, and excuses there's so many excuse eliminators out there, you know, Buy, I, I've been, yeah, bro guys, bro guys have been saying this before I have, but you know, buy gear uh, or buy tags instead of gear, buy opportunities instead of gear, you know, like it doesn't take much. I mean, I'm looking at um, Idaho and I'm, it's less than a thousand bucks for all the tags and licenses and everything. Right, hold hold
0: on, them. Garrett. Hold on. On that note, guy, do you start sweating when you hear, Buy tags, not gear. Since you're kind of the gear junkie, when we're
4: talking, no, about dude. I have. <laughs> I'm no, kidding. I, I'm I have, kidding. Me. I have committed to myself. No, but I, that's a, that's a legitimate question, right? And I have I have a problem, guys. I know you do, <laughs> man. <laughs> you, I, sometimes you post, but a i have committed I'm, to I'm like, slow that down.
3: Look
0: at all that gear he's got. Like he looks pretty damn sexy and all that stuff. Like, guy,
2: I love. It it, don't man. help
4: you kill nothing. It doesn't, but it
0: don't <laughs> i not wearing
2: you don't look nothing. good, dude
3: i love it i love it, it, it. it's fun it's uh
2: it's fun though to experiment oh absolutely mm-hmm. i love gear dude i can't i, I can yeah love i'm a myself. i'm a gear junkie as well yeah I you guys so you guys fun. both
0: <laughs> are i i think i, I think there's yeah, even a I level of, of garrett he's he's kind of a gear junkie too and i, I feel like we're going to start this he year is. for you guys i'm going to be like the leader and i it's going to be <laughs> instead of alcoholics anonymous it's going to be gear addicts anonymous and I'm going to give you guys a coin for every 30
2: days that you go without buying a new piece of gear.
3: That, that's well, I'm a perfect
2: fun. candidate. <laughs> I built the a perfect hard. arrow last year. And then this year I did it all over again. It's like, why yeah. Why am I doing this? No, I you
4: know. Yeah. Really I mean,
2: that's, a, that's a
1: real life
4: struggle there. <laughs> well, hey, can I, bring, I want to bring some perspective to something real quick before it, we lose it. Right. Yeah. Because so Garrett, Garrett was talking about, the excuses, right? And and money is a big one. So then he had, that's some interesting numbers, right? $90 every two hours, that's $45 an hour, right? Say for whatever reason you had the free time, right? And you did that 20 days a month. That's $7,200. If you did it just, just when, when you
0: leave California and you go to Colorado and hunt and then drive back to California, give us an idea of what that costs you as a total package tag and all.
4: Okay. So, so you say, no. call it seven, call it seven fifty for your tag. I'm going to do the math here and then I'll, I'm going to go high on my gas and I'll say a thousand bucks since that was the number on our, on our gas. Okay. So right. We're at I got my gear, <laughs> right. I need my food. So you figure, you know, let's talk. An average guy is going to do seven days on the mountain. So right now I'm at 1750 tags and gas uh, seven days on the mountain, call it two dehydrateds a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh 14 times, call it an average of $10. That's, uh, what? That's $140. Yeah. It's a little bit. Uh, a little you can go mountain if Clearly you're, you're to, not buying you, peak. No, no. <laughs> well, I, go mountain house. If we're talking about budgeting, yep, right. Yep, go, yep. I shouldn't say that. That's kind of jacked up. Go with the, go with the less, you know less costly so now we're at 1890 now that's really what your cost is now do you want to factor in your time off of work because that's another thing that i do Right. No, well that's my,
0: that's going to be that's going to be super uh related you know related to the individual because some people get like paid vacation like i'll give you an example right so i'm, I'm paid a a salary no matter how many hours or no hours that i work right and and uh because what what I'm paid on is a, is like this this draw against my commission for my salary. So if I take a month off, it doesn't change my my paycheck every Friday. Uh, for somebody else, they might not have the paid vacation or the. But I don't get paid vacation because my my salary never changes. So some people have yeah. paid vacation versus non-paid. Uh, Logan was alluding to that. So so leave that out because you guys need to calculate that on your own. But if you wanted to overbloat that in guy's circumstance, let's say he wanted to buy some souvenirs and he stopped at you know, um, Subway sandwiches or something a few times, and and then over overly, I don't know, bought some peak
4: refuels really? a Mountain
0: House. Let's call it twenty five hundred dollars.
4: Twenty five hundred. How right? easy 2, is Twenty five hundred bucks
0: for a grown man, and and I shouldn't say grown man. Um, let, let me just put it into this grown mofo, grown mofo. Okay. Um, let me put it in this (laughs) perspective in a, in a way that some, some of you folks listening to this are, are 25 years old. Um, perhaps you're recently married with young kids and $2,500 is a lot of freaking money when you're that age and, and, and $2,500 can make or break you, you know what? Your kids aren't young for that long. It's like a blink. It's a blink. And they, and they, they start getting older. Don't sweat it, man. Just, just hang, just hang for a minute. But if let's say you're 30, you've got still some younger kids, but maybe, maybe not, you know, toddler, you know, a hundred dollars a month in diapers or whatever it costs them these days, probably with inflation, it's a lot more because I'm old. Um, All of a sudden you guys are going to look up, you're going to look up and and you're going to be like me where I just turned 40 Uh, guy. I think, what are you? 72, 73 now. Um, I can't, (laughs) I can't remember
4: what what exactly. No. No. I'm kidding. Um, I'm right about there, buddy.
0: You're gonna you're gonna hit this this age where where all of a sudden you hit 40 years old or, or whatever, um, and and you're gonna look back and you're gonna regret not putting the the organization and financing together to do this when you were younger. Okay, because it happens fast, huh, guy? You you go from 30 to 40 freaking fast. Everybody you know, talks about how fast dude, your twenties goes. Yeah. Your 30s, man. What what the fuck? I, I don't know what happened.
4: It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. It
0: doesn't make sense. It well, doesn't make sense. Uh,
2: let's just. Okay. You think you could do a mule deer hunt, a Western mule deer hunt, for five thousand dollars? Let's just go around. I I know I can. You're happy. Hell yeah! I can go guide, damn near guided, for five
4: grand. Western well, yeah. okay, mule deer hunt for thirty-five. If you're on a
2: two-year plan, okay, one one to build points, you know, a year to build points and plan, okay, and then you're going to hunt the following year. Well, those fifty-two weeks in a year. mm Hmm. Yep. Five grand divided by 52 is 97. That's $97 a week.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It, do, it doesn't, it's not that. It, it, I, and what's the cost of a monster or a Red Bull?
3: There you go right there. <laughs> you know, there you yeah. go. And a pack
2: of smokes or a can of chew, you know, like there's, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely feasible for an average blue collar person. Uh, yeah. If I, yeah. I'm proof of that, I'm just a dirt bag. Me too. Gum of the earth welder, you know, and, uh, <laughs> that sounds, that bad, sounds but, uh, bad. If can know, do like, this I don't want anybody to come over to Ohio that, and give you a hug or something, I mean, no, be I'm just, you that.
3: know, I'm just,
2: just a tradesman. I'm just a blue collar tradesman. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. But uh, if I can do this, if I can get out there and chase elk every year, then anybody, can. yeah,
4: yeah, great. I board. mean, at, at the twenty five hundred dollars we were talking about, right? Twenty five hundred dollars. Even if you didn't save at three sixty five, and you just said. 2500 bucks over 300 days, that's $8.33 a day. Yep. Right? $8.33 a day. That is so if you can, what a lot of people spend on lunch every yeah. day. Two Red Bulls. Yeah. Two Red yeah. Bulls. Oh, go lunch, monster, Red Bull. Cut the shit out. Yep. Yep. Go on the hunt. Yeah, great point. Drink water. Not to mention you're going to be healthier.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, very for sure. Sure. Like, uh,
0: like if you're spending that much on a, Which on you're going a to need to Coca-Cola be. on a pack of Marlboros, you're going to have a rough time in the high country. All right. Let's just be honest.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. yeah, I had, I've had to make that drive with my hunting partner one year. We had to drive an hour and a half just for, you know, a log of a uh, Coke or Grizzly Green or whatever he's doing.
3: So <laughs> yeah.
1: He had to have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: there, there's there's a lot to this, and and that's kind of I think we achieved a lot of what I wanted to get out of this episode, guys, for the audience, and and uh, you guys you guys are perfect for this episode. I mean, I I couldn't ask for better better dudes to get on this episode. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this, so I appreciate it. Um, I kind of I we I didn't realize we're going on two hours, guys. Um, I thought we were like maybe an hour and ten hour fifteen, but here we are. We're coming up to two hours, so we better close it out. Can you guys let's kind of give it? You're you're in New York City on vacation, and you're sitting on a park bench, and some New Yorker walks up, and he says, uh, "You know, I'm looking to go out west to go hunting. What's uh, what's what's like your number one piece of advice you'd you'd give somebody when when they're traveling out of state? Give give us that rundown. Garrett, let's start with you.
1: Uh, What's date?"
0: Just it, it doesn't it doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter what state it's it's gonna be more you know hey I'd love to go out I, I've been hunting deer here I, I you know in in the Big Apple or whatever they hunt in um, um, what's that big park Central Park or whatever <laughs> I don't know if you can hunt there or not but anyway. Um, they've they've never they've never left their home state they've never left their home state to go hunting and they're they're asking you sounds like you hunt a lot man what what do you think I I mean I've been thinking about it what's uh it's I'm a little nervous about it What, what can you tell
1: me I would tell them um man if you're looking at coming over here you better increase your effective range uh if you're wanting to bow hunt You better buy some good boots. Boots are probably my number one suggested item to guys who've never hunted out west for guys who have just, you know, walked into a tree stand and they're wearing their muddy, whatever the hell they're called, boots. Yeah. Uh, Rubber boots that go up to their knees. Um, Barrels. You know, there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference between walking 10 miles in Idaho and walking, you know, 100 yards to your tree stand in in New York or, or even a mile in New York. I mean, it's just probably a little more likely to get mugged over there, but I mean, it's, it's just not the same. I mean, it's, it's just, if you have, I put it this way, if you have no, no feet, you have no hunt. If you're coming over West, you just can't go sit somewhere and just, you know, sit there for a week and a, a whitetail's going to walk by. It's mm-hmm. not how I hunt or know anybody else that hunts, but I would, um, I would onyx would be number one or two good, um a good pair of boots that you've worn in prior to the hunt. And I would um, start making phone calls and, and start, you know, suggesting a few states. And, and there's, there's quite a few states that, you know, Oregon, you can come over here every year. I mean, really, you can. It's not that hard to get a tag over here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're, you're less than $1,000 for even our most expensive, you know, elk is 588 for a non-resident and 172 bucks for a non-resident license. That's for elk. It's not, and it's so that's not, not you, actually not terrible. It's not terrible. No, no, no. And you, you know, depending on what unit you go to, you're gonna have fun. You're gonna see elk. You know, you're not gonna most likely kill a giant, and you're gonna run into a lot, a lot of people. And and I think just being willing to fail, um, you know, if 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 punching a tag to you is 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 failing, then be willing to fail and be willing to learn. But you're gonna have fun, and you're gonna need to, um, yeah, good pair of boots. Onyx is a must, or or base map, or whoever. Yeah. the Hell, you're you're not but, sponsored by there, Jim. i not. I'm, not
0: I don't have a sponsorship from either one. I just prefer base <laughs> map. So hopefully, hopefully,
1: well, Pete, now, mountain house, Onyx, and Hunt Base all covered. Or <laughs> they're all
0: gonna call. They're all gonna call. But, yeah, that's. They're they're gonna call. They're gonna be like, dude, we're going to growth, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: you're in you're in there. But um, yeah, if. I, I, you know, I get these messages all the time and, and it's arrow setups and it's gear. It's always gear and arrows and boots and packs, bows, arrow setups. Those are the number one questions I get from guys that are coming over east. Will my arrow kill an elk? What do I need, you know, boot wise? And that's a question no one else can answer except your feet. Yeah. And unfortunately, you're going to have to go to the boots store and try on a bunch of them. Probably buy a couple pairs that don't agree with you when you put, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds in your pack and walk. I mean you, you gotta figure this out. I have a solution. Over here.
0: I, I have a solution, Garrett. Hoffman boots, use promo mm-hmm. code Huntsman <laughs> 10 You'll be in good shape. To, uh, um, <laughs> I, I mean, got a, got, I got a question, Garrett. So on on that on that topic, um, would you rather be in the situation of about to get mugged in New York City or having a grizzly bear bearing down on you to protect our cub? Which one are you taking? Mugged man.
1: Well, I mean, is it is it the guy that um, is wearing, you know, ripped and wearing a dress? Are we talking? I mean, who's doing the money here? Just, I, I don't know. On, you know. I don't know how to answer that. I
0: feel like you're better right with uh, getting mugged.
1: I, I, yeah, I, you know, I uh, I would say you're not going to catch me in New York. So by default, uh, it's probably going to be Wyoming when I'm getting mauled by a grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you're not going to catch me in, NY, in New York. I catch you. I, I, DVD, I'm, take a picture. I'm
0: smelling what you're stepping in. Now, that's perfect. All right, guy, let's go to you yeah. with that same question, brother.
4: Man, um, that's a, that's a hard one, right? I, just, just like, I, it, I think it I doesn't was have to
0: be super deep. Just like, you know, basic, basic, somebody, you know,
4: is asking you randomly on, you know, wherever. Um, I, I honestly, my response is always when I'm posed that question, what are you waiting for? Right. Because we, we kind of touched on it earlier the only thing that you're going to do by sitting there and pondering these questions forever is not go. And you're going to live in regret about not going as Garrett, you know, talked about a little bit ago. He's never heard anybody regret taking the leap. Um, So honestly, that's when that question is posed, what are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. That's the best I got, buddy. You got it, man. (laughs) I love it. I I mean, it's all subjective. You know what I mean? Getting so subjective. I agree with Garrett. You got to, Oh, the getting mug part? Yeah, getting uh, getting mugged or grizzly bear. I'll give you my whole yeah. Grizzly bear. <laughs> grizzly bear. I'll just hand I'll hand you my wallet because me and Grizz got a thing. And uh yeah, I'll just give the I'll give the, the mugger my wallet, man.
0: All right. I, I dig it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, you, I don't want no part of the Grizz, <laughs>
4: buddy.
3: I
0: know. I am kinda more worried about the grizzly bear than I am getting mugged. All right, Logan, you're up, man. Yeah. Give us your best uh you know, somebody that's never done it before, what, what do you tell that guy or gal?
2: Um, I would just tell him, uh, you know, buckle up. It's going to be fun, but uh, leave New York in New York. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, I, yeah, that's actually
0: that's some pretty profound advice, man. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you don't want to, you know, that's uh, if you're a non-resident You know, kind of chameleon and blend in, you know, and spend your money at the local places and make friends at the local taverns the hole in the wall bars. Like that's what's going to get you somewhere Uh, like maybe a place to shower. You might make a friend like uh, I met somebody in Colorado years ago in 2014, and we've remained in touch ever since then. And he just invited me. He drew a goat tag in Colorado archery season and he invited me on that hunt and it's just like man what an incredible nice. opportunity to tag along with this man he's 60 years old he's gonna do it with the stick oh, nice, and like, man. the fact that he he sent me a text and was like hey I drew my goat tag do you want to come like man that's just like talk about emotions for me you mm-hmm. know that's that's uh like that's I made it, you know what I mean? Like my dreams are coming true before my eyes, having that man invite me on that hunt, and that means the world to me. And uh, I hope I can make it. Like I hope our di- our dates uh, jive together yeah. and whatnot. But uh,
3: dude, I, dude, don't, I like, don't know.
2: That's that's all I got. You like struck a nerve there, man. That's that's actually, uh,
0: gosh, that's that's
2: super cool and actually i you love make... this shit jim you know and thanks for having me on man you yeah. know i mean bow hunting is my life so uh like <laughs> no yeah, I, I appreciate
1: it one thing I there go ahead
4: garrett I,
1: I i tell that guy that I mean, he needs to listen to the uh, best podcast out there the uh, western huntsman podcast oh
0: jeez uh, you're mistaking <laughs> that for the <laughs> western contours man i mean no, oh, this is go. this is what i love guys i mean and and we talked about it garrett on on that um when we were when we were talking about our woodsmanship and stuff, but we, we talked about how you know like people with platforms, whether we're making knives or we're, we're we've got podcasts or we've got YouTube videos and all this stuff, you, you know, I, there there needs to be this this higher sense of communication and unification amongst us. But I want to you know th- there's a lot to be said for that, and I, I want to bring up something that Logan said real quick because that's something that that um, I I feel like needs to be kind of hammered home. If you are somebody, and I don't care what state you're coming from, and you're going to another state, be a good steward of that state. Represent your home state well. When you go into a bar and order a beer uh, or in, in a guy's place, you know, a white cloth, uh, make sure you're tipping the, the waitress <laughs> and, and the, the bartender. And when you go into a restaurant, you're tipping well. You're, you're cleaning up after yourself in your camp. And, and, and that is not picking on non-residents because there's plenty of residents that don't pick up their own camp. But if you are, make sure you're a good steward of the land. Take your trash, take your garbage, make sure you're cleaning up, make sure you're tipping your folks, make sure you're, t- you're, you're being kind to the residents and the non-residents alike. And, and just you know, try to smile and, and spread your smile amongst everybody that you meet along uh, within wherever you're traveling to. And I think that that'll bode well when it comes to some of this um, disgruntledness of, of non-residents coming to these states and hunting, and, and that's always a big complaint. Oh, the non-residents show up and they trash our campgrounds and, and uh, leave a big mess. And that's not necessarily true. Usually, that's a bunch of teenagers that are coming up for the Thursday night you know, beer bong session, and they're leaving a bunch of shit. You, you know, usually when it's a hunter, and especially if they're traveling to another state, they, they try to be respectful. Not always the case. But I would encourage you, if you are one of those people that are, you know, not always the case, uh, try to make it a point to to clean up those campgrounds and and uh, you know wave at people and, and, and just everybody be nice. It, it, I, I just can't express enough. If everybody was just a little bit nicer, the the impact that can come out of that is profound. It's profound. So take take, take that, take that with what you will. Respect. The people that you're you're coming across and encountering and make friends like like Logan was talking about. That's a great point, guys. Um, okay, we're uh, over two hours into this. Garrett, where can people find you? I know I know we just released a podcast together here, but uh, tell everybody where they can find mm-hmm. you again. I'm uh, uh, so so in case we got some new listeners on this one, they can they can track you down. On Point Podcast with Garrett Weaver.
1: Yeah, so it's uh you said it, uh on point pod or on point with Garrett Weaver on Instagram. You can uh, Google my name for all the other content on YouTube. You can enter enter my name on YouTube on the search bar, Garrett Weaver, uh, two R's two T's. Um, got like over 100 videos on that. Um, mm-hmm. like we talked about last time, I'm on Pandora. It didn't take me a year to get on there. Like some lame people, I don't know. No, you know, no, no. It took on. me a, it took me over a year to get on
0: Pandora, <laughs> man. But we're on there, apparently. <laughs> like, whatever.
1: Oh, there you go. I just thought it was an oh, Idaho thing.
0: No, that's that's awesome for, for
1: you guys. Really they probably found out we drank what we drank.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's either whiskey or
4: Quartz uh-huh. White. There's no White Claws going down, okay, <laughs> over here. I'm
3: sending him uh, hey, to you. you know what?
4: I hope I hope he recorded all that White Claw BS at <laughs> the beginning because he keeps this denial <laughs> shit going. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a compliment. The you know,
1: <laughs> I, i'm serious here we said this on, on guys roundtable but we need to get a pig hunt together it's a low pressure no one gives you shit hunt like as far as i gotta kill something you know like we all need to go get all these podcasters together and just have a great freaking time sometimes i think like, that'd be a ball i've got a spot we can go do logan that. can hook yeah, us up yeah like get 10 of us out there yeah get 10 of us out there let's just all have a great time you know yeah I,
2: i'm so down like he's do got that. he's got room for eight yeah
1: eight we can make that we yeah, can make totally. that happen i'm in yeah, and uh, yeah you would not have to yank my arm very hard to get me over there i will me not either. drive sorry guys but uh <laughs> <laughs> but um anyways and so yeah um that's that's where you can find me and then if you want to email me for whatever um reason uh jim told me to do this uh Weaver hunts at uh, gmail.com is my email apparently everybody emails jim so if you want to <laughs> email me for whatever reason that's that's where where you can email me at, but yeah. yeah, I appreciate the opportunity for being on here. And, and it's always nice to share podcast with guys. He's a great host. Awesome dude. I hope you guys go listen to Western contours and it was nice to meet Logan. So yeah, I appreciate it. No,
0: I, pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Garrett. Uh, I appreciate you coming on um, guys. On point podcast is going to be that kind of show that will give you the focus and the, and some of the discipline ideas that Garrett talks about while we were recording on this one. I really encourage you to check out that platform on the YouTube channel uh garrett's a great guy and he's super willing to share his experience and his knowledge um definitely worth your time to to give it a listen give it a go um guy let's move to you mr western contours the dude that has the intro song that sticks into my head and i have that music in my mind for days when i listen to that uh when, when i listen to your podcast guy tell us where we could find you and uh leave us with uh, some some insight on that
4: all right, man. Uh, so Western Contours podcast, just about any, uh, streaming platform. I do have a YouTube. I'm not as, uh, well versed in YouTube as Mr. Weaver there. No, so go to Garrett's YouTube page. <laughs> um, <I am> <laughs> Western contours.com, uh, is the website. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I got on, on social. It's uh, Western contours. Oh. And then I have guy underscore Western contours, which I usually, I don't really do much there. Um, but that's about it for me. Yeah, man.
0: no, that's great. And, and again, like I was saying with, with Garrett's podcast guys, podcast is really perspective of, in terms of like the hunting, um, kind of the, the legacy or philosophical side of hunting. If, if you, if you're interested in that guy has a lot of insight to that and it's super interesting every time, to include those Sunday releases that you've been doing. Oh, man, I owe you one of those, huh? I, I keep forgetting about that.
4: Yeah, the, all the – The, the,
0: reflections. Monday, yeah, yeah, the, the, the reflections. reflections. Yeah, the reflections. Yeah, the reflections episodes that are coming out. So definitely check out uh, you guys' podcast over at Western Contours. Um, Logan, let's mm-hmm. let's wrap this up with you. Where can people find you? I know that you are – again, I, sa- I said it before, but you're my favorite knife maker, and you're the only knife maker that I actually really like Uh, because the rest of them pissed me off and and uh you're you're talented you've got a lot of skill you've got a lot of talent and and you're just a wonderful hunter that a lot of people could learn from that that may not know that
2: so kind of tell us where we could find you um and uh go from there um thank you very much for having me jim and thank you for all your kind words uh i appreciate that means a lot to me um and it was nice to meet all you guys. It was, it's been a pleasure. Uh, awesome two hours to spend. That uh, uh, Had a fantastic time. So thank you. Thank you all for sharing this with me. Um, I'm mainly over on Instagram, um, kill elk forge. It's uh, There's an underscore between the kill elk and the forge. Yep. Um, yeah, I just post knives and, you know, dead things and stuff. I'm not too big on, like, posting on social media and stuff. But, uh, like, yeah i don't I know, know. You're, hit me you're, up you're to talk i just alone. gotta and keep it real you need
0: to post more of those videos of those knives cutting through shit because it's pretty amazing yeah
2: <laughs> i don't dude it's <laughs> it's, it's, so it's such a saturated market I know, I know. And like i don't know it's just you know i figure it's i'm just a blue-collar dude making things for blue-collar people that are affordable so like yeah if you want a pattern welded blade that's affordable hit me up uh yeah when you gave know. us a you gave us a i want to plug knife. my own plug my own shit you know but uh you gave us a skinner knife uh, to give away for our
0: youth essay contest um and and they they really like that knife and it, it just it, i i just That's i awesome, appreciate man. that um i appreciate you guys Oh, well, we we'll have to do it again man we're, we're gonna man we're gonna talk about it and I, I i you're gonna have to let me pay you for the damn knife next time because i'm, I'm not doing that anymore let me pay you and i'd no, love no, to no, give one no, no, away no. so That's, uh, great man, stuff I,
2: you know, I, I I do raffles and donate the money to, uh, like, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or Foundation for Wildlife Management and stuff like that all the time. Yeah. So, I, I love to give back to the, you know, especially if it gets youth involved. Like, I am all about it, For man. sure. I'm, so, I'm, I'm
1: creeping your uh, Instagram here. I see Damascus replaceable blade. Yeah, I was just creeping
2: yeah, out on
1: that,
0: man. <laughs> man. Don't Sorry, Logan. Me. I didn't know we, we had, had a, a bunch of
2: stalkers on this show, so they're yeah.
0: already giving you the googly eye. well
2: i started it because as they were naming themselves off i was over here following their pages so <laughs> no that's well, awesome uh
0: but,
2: would, yeah no it's been a great time the, man I'll and ahead, uh man. i had it's been just such a pleasure so thank you very
4: yeah, much yeah, for, it was a pleasure
2: meeting you, coordinating man. the
4: gym yeah, so. yeah no
0: thanks guys i appreciate it
4: this has been awesome yeah appreciate the time brother